0: They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Talkin
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Mat Madness Wrestling Podcast, a long-awaited, long overdue episode of Unsanctioned with the icon. <laughs> Gary Diodolo, I said it right. Correct. 100% right. Good, I know I was struggling with it earlier. I couldn't get the Tulio out of my trust head. 40 years of this in my whole <laughs> life, trust, me. trust with my, me. With the last name Pasheri, spelled with an S-H, or yeah. an S-C, I, I, I even spelled it wrong. <laughs> an S-C. <F-C. laughs> I, everyone's called me Piscari my whole life. Well, it's funny because be, both of us being Italian, our names are like
2: the seeing eye chart. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all these numbers, <laughs> vowels thrown together, and it's yes. a common Italian trait, but it's a beautiful language. It's a beautiful name when you exactly. get it pronounced right.
1: We're sitting here with another Italian, Russell yeah. DiAgostino, good friend of the show. And I'll be the token mix. And the <laughs> other the other Italian, Derek McCauley, another good friend of the show. <laughs> it's like the Sean Penn and coming his way. Yeah, there token. <laughs> oh. You're the accountant <laughs> oh. and the mom. Wait, Derek McCauley, you're not Italian. No. Wow. Not, raised Italian. I may have not yeah. even had you on the show if I had known.
0: You. I, know, I know. So, so not inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Um, on madness. Yeah. I am that liquor store.
1: <laughs> yeah. Twenty-one seventy-three Gimmick Street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary. So this is the show where basically it's all about the guest. Yeah. I have four questions I ask everyone. I'll start with the first one. Uh, what was it that made you fall in love with professional wrestling? Well, okay, so
2: I was about close to being six years old, so we're going to go to 1982. Okay. And I guess my brother was into it a little before I was. He must have. I had no idea about it. Okay. I think my uncle helped him because my uncle liked pro wrestling. My father and mother were not. My father liked Bruno San Martino because Bruno was Italian, So he and Bruno liked opera, so my mm-hmm. dad was a huge... All of our forefathers coach. liked yeah, Bruno. Yeah, so it's, 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 a, <laughs> it's a whole... It's, it's etched in stone, uh, especially being Italian, and so... Spectrum Wrestling was on, the old Spectrum, mm-hmm. and it was a six-man tag match. It was Andre the Giant.
1: So you remember the first,
2: the very yes. first match. I can remember the first match I saw live, too, <laughs> so I can do that, too, In the first show, December 7th, 1985, at the Spectrum. Pearl Harbor, as Mr. Fuji yes. had a great promo. It was great. The first match was Dan Spivey versus Tiger Chung Lee. So wow. Waylon Mercy versus Tiger Chung Lee was my first match. So um. Six-man tag. Yeah, so it was Andre the Giant and the Strong World Brothers, against uh, Mr. Fuji Mr. Saito and Blackjack Mulligan and I just could not get over Andre the Giant I said this is the largest human being on the planet I said how's (laughs) the guy this big and the crowd was eating it up and every time Andre got in the Tronberg brothers were doing their war dance and Mm -hmm. everything and then Mr. Fuji selling everything and (laughs) then doing like I I got the biggest kick and when Andre got in the ring when he got the guys in the corner Mm -hmm. and like smash him into the corner and his afro I was like this might be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and from that point on, I was I was totally hooked, and it was that match, and mainly just being an all. How was the human being that big? And I was getting into sports as a kid, and and just thought it was so cool, it was good versus evil, and just again the size of Andre it was larger than life.
1: Now, as you're watching this, you said you got a kick out of it. Were you buying into it as if this was a real fight? Yes. Okay, so I was. You, you believed in it. Yes,
2: and it was funny too because my parents right away told us because my brother my brother root for all the bad guys we'll get into that (laughs) I was always hell with him my god so um so the you know because my my, so my, my parents made it known like hey so you don't try this stuff it's not real. They're trained to do this. They pretend. They acted out and all this stuff like that. They they went over and then they were the,
1: the original warning. Yeah, they were. They were. The, they were the
2: PG guide, you know, TV mature. And then eventually, I saw the 2020 episode with John Stossel mm-hmm. and Eddie Mansfield and Dr. D. David Schultz, and that was already embedded in us, but that proved it even more. Which was that infamous one where David Schultz slaps John Stossel, and then he gets fired from WWE. Anyway, so they they let us know right away what it was like, and it didn't affect us in one bit. I said to myself, "All right, so we you know we're younger, we're going all right." Movies aren't real, Yeah. you know. They're they're told they're actors. I love Star Wars. I love mm-hmm. this movie, that movie. So it's like, does it doesn't matter. They're, so they're pretending to fight and they're playing that it's real, and we're all buying into it. That's yeah. cool. I was <laughs> <like>, totally fine with <laughs> it. So we didn't like, care. Actually, it's even cooler. Yeah, now. It's, I thought, it was, it was like, oh, and, and there's twenty thousand other people, 18,000 people watching this at the yeah. spectrum with us. This is phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah, so the, it was it was cool. So but at the first I thought it was because you know I knew boxing was real. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so
1: I, I thought it was, and then their parents told us right away it wasn't. But, didn't affect us one bit and so that's what made you fall in love first match Andre the yeah. Giant the, the whole spectacle of the yeah. whole thing what kept you into it all, those, all these years I guess
2: each week of, uh, you know, I think, too, it, it's so funny because it just took you away from reality for mm-hmm. a little bit, and it had the good versus evil element, mm-hmm. and, you know, you hear all the pro wrestlers a lot of them say how they wanted to do it. Well, no one was saying they wanted to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. you, know, you wanted to be an athlete, an mm-hmm. astronaut, a fire, all this doctor, all this stuff, and it just, and then it had that element of, I have to tune in each week because, Why did so-and-so hit so-and-so with a chair? Why did he do that? Why did he turn... Why did Orndorff turn on Hulk Hogan... This is terrible. I need to see his response. I need to see what Hogan does. So the drama kept you going because of the episodic TV. And Mm -hmm. it just kept me... Even through terrible years, which I'm sure we'll get into, oh, my gosh. Where I literally thought maybe I was the only one watching it on the planet. They're hard to avoid. Oh, they're hard. Oh, my God. So, but And the characters. And it was always evolving. And the changing of a good guy to a bad guy. What made the bad guy all of a sudden become a good guy? What made the good guy become bad? And just it just kept me going by, even when it was bad, just... Even when it was bad in the 90s, a portion of it, just the hope and belief that this can change if it goes in the right direction. But being younger, what was great about it was just it, it got me on the hook because there was the change each week, and 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 it was only on once a week. So the anticipation to see Andre the Giant, and at the time the champion wasn't on. Mm-hmm. So when Hulk Hogan made an appearance, it was a national yeah. event. <laughs> you know. And this was before you get in the NWA. And then to see Jimmy Snuka leap off the top, just knowing each week Saturday morning before my baseball game, to know I get to see these. Guys, and that's it for one hour. Yeah. For two hours on the next show, that's it, and just that anticipation each week, and I, I was left wanting more all the time. All Does the. anything keep you anticipating now? Um, it's more nostalgic, but yeah. Even though, to quote Bobby Heenan during a shoot interview, where he said the business isn't the same, and I agree. He goes, they know our tricks, mm-hmm. and he's right. I'm guilty of it. Excuse me. I, I go up, I, I read the dirt sheets and all this stuff, and I find out. But you know what? It's still. Even when it's etched in stone or it looks like that guy's going to win, it still gets me. Because even (laughs) knowing he or she is going to win, they still can find a way to surprise you. Mm -hmm. And they can still do it in a way to where, wow, I didn't know so-and-so was going to turn. Oh, my gosh, he or she made the debut. Or, wow, he he did nail the finish. So it still gets me. It it still will. And even if I bitch about the booking or whatever, Mm -hmm. the fans or whatever, it still will get me going. Because even though we know the tricks they still pull a trick that we weren't expecting and it still gets me. It's not like it was when I was younger because mm-hmm. it's larger in life but it
1: still get me hooked and that's why I'm here on a podcast because yes. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah, even, even if you know where the story is going to end you don't always know exactly how it's going to get yeah, to that ending. Exactly.
2: I enjoyed Empire Strikes Back. I knew the Empire was going to win. I knew Return of the Jedi by the title. I'm sure the rebel forces are going to kick some ass in this one. And it got me in the movie theater. And and by the way, one of the largest pops was when Vader turned babyface. The movie theater cheered. Really? Little Gary was cheering. Yeah. Oh, my brother, who rooted for every heel imaginable. So your brother was heartbroken. Yeah, probably. I think in the 80s he rooted for Gaddafi and Gorbachev. Reagan, my communistic brother. It was <laughs> everyone that had to be a heel. But like, can't you like want something pure? Did he like the sheep? <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, he loved, the, uh, my, he loved the Iron Sheik. He's the only one that hated Hulkamania. We went to the show before WrestleMania 3. It was me and my brother, my father. It was Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper against Paul Wirth and Kamala. The spectrum is insane for Hogan and Piper together. One jack wagon is cheering for my brother. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But oh, then, uh, my, my father loved Nikolai Volkov he got a kick out of the gimmick. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, my every heel, I rooted for every good guy, every baby face. And of course now, for anyone who's good in town. And talented. that was starting mm-hmm. to change the teenage years. Um, but yeah, oh my God. But that's what made it fun, too, the dynamic my brother and I had because we just went at it with who. I was so Hogan. Steamboat's mm. my all time favorite Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And my brother hated Steamboat. Yeah. So, what a pain in the ass who my brother was at the time. I uh, love him to death. But his favorite wrestler is, you're not the honky tonk man <laughs> at the time. Who, And who was he the for their continental title? Steamboat. Because Steamboat wanted to be home from the, the birth of his son and Vince wouldn't allow him. So, my brother likes the Elvis. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's um,
1: like of all guys, that is yeah. great. Um, yeah. So I've never discussed this on the show before. Um, this actually could segue into the next question, but I love the idea of the, the, the dynamic between you and your brother, yeah. rooting against alternate guys. Yeah. Like you're always, you guys are butting heads over oh, everything, butting everything. heads everything. in yeah. the ring. Um, I obviously had bought into Hulkamania oh. in the '80s. Uh, it's, it's so, saved,
2: it saved America.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Legonomics
2: and the leg drop yeah. were my favorite things as a kid as
1: growing up. It was the it was the best. It was the best. It ended the end of communism. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. The, the first story that hooked me into wrestling was Savage Steamboat leading into WrestleMania three. Yeah. Where I was I legitimately was concerned for Ricky Steamboat's throat and his vocal cords when Macho Man dropped the yeah. L on him. I was all in on Hogan, all in on Steamboat. Um but my sister who's two years younger than me, Renee. She loved the Macho Man Randy Savage. She didn't watch it, yeah. but she was all in on the Macho Man Randy Savage immediately. And I always have to tip my cap to her. Like, like, you you were a smart fan yeah, were, before, right. before anyone should be at, yeah. at four years old. You, and, you and knew what was going on. It's amazing
2: that she said that, too, because even as much as I, I was with you, Hogan, Steve, we mm-hmm. should have been friends growing up. <laughs> um it's there were those ones even though you, you're you rooted against them you knew Savage was good mm-hmm. like you knew it I actually thought when he came in I was like this guy could challenge Hogan for the title I, oh. I remember
1: being afraid of, of him yeah. ever Challenging Hogan. Yeah, because he was, like, he was oh, that this, good. This guy might be able to beat yeah. him. Yeah, I, I vividly remember yeah. being worried that yeah. he could beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance, did you ever, oh, I know you've seen it, but mm-hmm. it's on YouTube too,
2: with the when Steamboat's going through speech therapy and he's yeah. like, <laughs> he, he slams the table. It's the best, it it's is the greatest great.
1: thing. It is awesome. Um, <laughs> but you're right, I, I was concerned too. I actually watched the Saturday night main event recently when. I think, I guess it was Savage against George the Animal yes, Steel. Yes, yeah. It was something I had on a VHS tape for like a hundred years. Yeah. I can't find it anymore. But I was like, you know what, let me go back and watch this episode. And Savage comes out and, you know, threatens, he's, I'll break you. Yeah, um, yeah the, that, t- to this day, like, I, I watch that. And I'm, I'm transported back into my old living room, you know, however long ago it was, 30, yeah. 32 years ago or whatever it was. Was it 87? 87, so yeah. 30 years It'll ago. It would be 30 years ago, yeah. Yeah, These guys just... aren't even 30 years old. I know, <laughs> and I'm reminiscing about something that happened 30 years ago. I wasn't even an idea when. Were... <laughs> no, you were. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and that WrestleMania was just incredible—the way it was, and just the, the spectacle and the Silver Dome, and uh, and just how it went, and the, and that that ring cart when they all came mm-hmm. to the ring, you know, and and just the build-up with Hogan, and Andre, and then of course Steamer Savage stole the show. But the talent to me—the talent on that show, the celebrities they had. You know, WrestleMania 1, obviously huge. WrestleMania 2 was interesting when they tried to do the three big, large cities. Mm-hmm. But it didn't connect well. And then here comes this one. And then that one, just that. I think that event made it larger than life. I think that mm-hmm. match, the Steamboat Savage, made it to where you had to have that steal-the-show match. Yeah. That was truly the one. Because that you weren't getting that style at the time in WWE. You know, we, I think that opened the eyes to get... The WWE crowd too to hey I want to see some technical wrestling because the NWA I mean Flair would wrestle their sixty minute matches mm-hmm. with with uh, God knows who I mean you name the groups and but when you turn on when it, Steamboat I mean when you looked at NWA they had a little more of the wrestling yeah as WWE was more the, the great concert so I always say like the NWA had like the the really good band that stuck to the music and spoke limitly at the concert yeah. <laughs> but the WWE was the '80s metal, which I adore, mm-hmm. the pyros, the technos, the girls, the motorcycles, the loud noises, the trapeze, and then it had the, the wrestlers. colors. Yeah, the colors. <laughs> it was just everything. It just everything that it had, and it, it was in the bigger arenas and all that type of thing. So, but in that match, I think really opened the eyes for, hey, you know, why don't we have? Why don't we see some of that
1: style mm-hmm. a little bit more? Do you look at that match now? Maybe ahead of its time isn't the right way to phrase it. But mm-hmm. as you were talking. Uh, the, the description I was thinking of was that WWE was more cartoon. WWF yep. at the time mm-hmm. was more cartoonish. And Eric Bischoff talks about this in the mid 90s that WWE, WWF was cartoonish and he wanted WCW to be more real. WWF was more of a cartoonish product, but that match, that story was not that. Right. Um, so maybe not ahead of its time because, like you said, NWA was doing this stuff yeah. already. Flair was doing this stuff already. But do you think that do you consider that like a trailblazing match yes, for the I do. WWF? I do cuz I always say and this is not in a snobby way
2: cuz I think one thing you said something great off the air we could have had done a podcast off the air <laughs> we were talking about um, and and uh, you know we all come from different you know walks of life with with wrestling and, and and sometimes you wish you could understand more and I think we're getting a problem with people disagreeing and uh, I mean if you look at your news feed on Facebook with mm-hmm. politics good night but um, <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to avoid it at all. Yeah, I, I do it too. So. Yeah, I don't do it on the news, feed. is terrible. Uh, so, but like for example, I mean, this may not be popular with some people, but I, I mentioned here, mm-hmm. I do like Roman Reigns. I see where there's potential. I see where there's, there's there could be something why he's liked and why he, by, by the, the company. And, I, and plus, it takes me back to the baby faces from those era with the look and you know the athleticism and all that. And there was a difference, and it's not a snobby way between a WWE fan and a wrestling fan. The the wrestling fan knew more about the companies. Mm-hmm. They bought the wrestling magazine. The WWE fan followed WWE, and to the the WWE made it come that way because the way they put this, put the spectacle. Mm-hmm. Why would you go to somewhere else, even though right. the NWA had great wrestling, AWA had great wrestling, Mid South. Look at the arena. Looks like looks like my mailman and his three brothers are there. So <laughs> you know, it's this little dungeon. Then and, and then you turn on WWE. Hulk Hogan is on, on the Johnny Carson show. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on Saturday's Made event. Where Saturday Night Live, for once, will will not be on the air yeah. because Saturday's Made event's replacing it. Hulk Hogan made the uh, Sports Illustrated, People Magazine. Mr. T is there. When the announcers in sports make the reference, and something's crazy going on, it's like the WWF out yeah. there. You know, so they made it believe. Why would you look at something else? So, when like the 31 year old wrestler would make his or her WWF debut, to the WF fans, like, oh, who's this rookie? Yeah. To the wrestling fans, like, no, dude, that's Rick Rude. He's yeah. been all over the place, you know? <laughs> and because I, I remember distinctly, I saw when Rick Rude made his debut in fully for the WWF. I was at that show in 87 uh, where Bruno headlined with the Honky Tonk Man. I think mm-hmm. it was their third C team show, whatever. And Rick Rude wrestled. Forget who he wrestled, but. Some of the people say, who's this? Who's this? And as a kid, it's like, that's Rick Rude. He was tag team champion with Manny Fernandez. Like, how does this kid know this? You know, so, yeah. So, he you must know. be some kind of boon wonder- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, you know, it just was those, and the WF did that. So, yes, the um, that match did trailblaze it. That's, I still think that match is what helped the long-term fan accept Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels as champions. Mm-hmm. You know, when you weren't thinking of that. Uh, you know, and, and it gave you that... I'd like to see a technical match. I would like to see it. And then I think Tito Santana called the WWF style butt kicking. Hmm. And it kind of was. It really was. And I love Tito. Tito's another guy I worship the altar of. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was that different style. Cartoonish, I think, as more as it went on later, and they did have cartoons, and they wanted the wrestling album. But for Eric Bischoff, um, those cartoonish guys, you did bring a lot of them yeah. in, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? How did the Yeti work out? Right? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's all that stuff. And he brought in Honky, because Hogan had influence. So he brought in a lot of those cartoon guys mm-hmm. to help try to, you know, beat Vince in the Midnight. To yeah. be fair,
0: mm-hmm. Bischoff did create Glacier.
2: Yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> off the Mortal Kombat. You know, there. Oh my gosh, but yeah, no, I, it's a trailblazing match. he oh, was trying is. to be real mm-hmm. and gritty. I know. <laughs> well, that's Mortal revisionist Com- history,
0: of course. Yeah, and
2: you know, he was good about that too. And uh, they did it to the when Steamboat came back in '91, which was really just called him the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And he had some great feuds with uh, Jake Roberts and and, and Don when he Spit came the in.
1: Fire. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And now when he did came in '91, they had him opening matches with Paul Roma and uh, older Hercules and Skinner and Cato and Pat Tanaka of Warren Express (laughs) um, instead of having him in there with Kurt Henning and stuff like that. But um, they broke him away from the karate stuff that they made him do, which he was able to do. But then in that match, you saw NWA Steamboat. You saw NWA Steamboat Mm -hmm. with the accessories and the arm drags and all that. And that's I still think Steamboat's best work in the NWA. And you kind of saw NWA Steamboat from the early 80s and, of course, when he had his run with Flair in 89. And that was really cool to see, and then Savage could work with this microphone here, and it's going to be magic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that was definitely was a trailblazing <laughs> match.
1: Uh, so Savage is on my Mount Rushmore. Who is your Mount Rushmore? It doesn't it could be your four okay. favorites, the guys you think are the four greatest? Okay. Whatever your interpretation. He is on mine as well. Mount Rushmore. Would so if I did, I, I have uh, I'll
2: do the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, four guys I'll do uh, that I everything I watch. There's seldom anything I dislike. I can watch anything they do. Uh, one guy is never a heel, mm-hmm. but if, no matter what <laughs> side of the fence they're on, it was like, wow, I, I think it's impressive. Uh, not in any order, but Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. Bret Hart, Randy Savage, Kurt Angle. Those four, I can watch anything they can do, and it works magical. Yeah. I have a different list, of I think the five most influential guys were that transcended wrestling past just the wrestling world mm-hmm. to where what they've done, to where, wow, what they've done for the business. That's Hulk Hogan rock steve austin bruno sammartino and john cena what they've been able to do and how they were able to ignite a crowd and take their careers and mean more into society right. pop culture stuff like that but for the mount rushmore for the wrestling purpose those those four and there's other tiers of wrestlers you know the flares the undertakers the, the michaels the hearts uh the uh, the Roddy, i mean all these guys are remarkable what they've been able to do triple h even mm-hmm. but uh but yeah the by mount rushmore in terms of quality everything they've done steamboat savage um uh, Angle and uh and uh, I lost my other one. Uh, Brett Bret Hart. Brett. Brett, Brett or mine.
1: Um yeah, Brett is not on mine. Mm-hmm. Um but he warrants a place on Get hands. Hands. um We discussed this before the show too. A lot of the ill will he's engendered in the wrestling community mm-hmm. with a lot of the complaining and the bitterness and yeah. nothing's nothing's as good as what I did, nothing could ever sure. be as good as what I did. But there's no An argument I've had with my brother-in-law numerous times. Mm -hmm. We were both huge fans of the hit ABC show Lost. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like that was a really dated plug. It was. (laughs) I tried to make it sound like that, like as if I was plugging it. Now on Box (laughs) TV. Yeah, Yeah, I loved that show. He loved that show. It got to the last season and the last episode and he was like bitterly disappointed by the way it ended, Mm -hmm. as a lot of people were. And he called me right after and told me it's the worst show ever. I hate Lost. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you, you can't go back in time yeah. and undo the fact that every week when that show was on, within one minute of it ending, you would call me and we'd be on the phone for an hour and a half talking about it. Yeah. Or in the summer when it wasn't on, every time we saw each other, we were theorizing about what was going to happen when it came back on. Mm-hmm. Or we'd be watching it together and something crazy would happen going into a commercial. We'd both like, shockingly look at each other. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the worst show ever. Um, it ended poorly Right um, People feel that way As Sopranos too That's yeah. One. yeah And and some people Love that ending Yeah, yeah. Some people hate it So I look at A guy like Brett As Yeah maybe some things Have happened He He's disappointed me With some of the things He said about Seth Rollins Yeah uh, But I can't take back That being you know A sixth grader Yeah Watching Brett Hart Go on that Singles Intercontinental Championship run Or mm-hmm him winning the the world championship or even yeah uh you know the tag team you know the heart foundation oh, I love like no yeah. can't take can't take away the entertainment that he gave me for so long mm-hmm. so I think he's a good guy. And I think he might be the first person we've had on the show that's had Brett.
2: On. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Brett guy. Uh, and I think too with Brett, I, I agree. And I could be, like I said, I can love Summer or something It's mm-hmm. going to be critical, cool. And I think with Brett, and Brett did renege a bit on Seth. He said he's a good guy. He thinks he's very talented. My take on it is I don't think Seth's reckless. I think the style can be very reckless because it's very fast-paced, very high-spot mm-hmm. style. And a lot's happened to Brett more so than what a lot of people and plus he saw it, lived it every day with his father Mm -hmm. being in the business so I think it has a little deeper roots and you know he lost his brother to the tragedy Mm -hmm. and you know the way WWE can want to spin it he got screwed over and was betrayed by the company '97. Yeah. He he was, and and it hurt him. And, and he really and I think that even though he patched up with Michaels and he did patch up, that stuff's gonna sting because that was 14 yeah. years with a company, and you know he's had good things to say about Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. You know, he's he's done some good stuff, but yeah, and I I think the Triple H thing will never let go. With him, because I, you know in him being heavily behind at the screw job, because mm-hmm. him and Michaels, what a lot of people forget—if you read Brett's book—they were friendly, they were friends, mm-hmm. they hung out. You know, and, and as talented as Sean was at the time, he was difficult to work with. Yeah, he really was, and uh, and he was going through stuff, obviously with drugs, and then he was got very paranoid, and he had to be with the clique, mm-hmm. and that's one of my biggest problems with Michaels where I don't put him as the greatest. I know that's unpopular with a lot of the fans (laughs) today because when you look at his late, his 90s stuff, there's a lot of stuff but a lot of his stuff worked with his buddies. You know, he he ended getting, like, Tatanka was supposed to be Icy Champ. Wouldn't drop it. Vader was supposed to win the title in '96. Wouldn't drop it, so he wouldn't do a lot of. He wouldn't drop the breath because he lost his smile mm-hmm. in '97. So a lot of business, I think he would have been able to do. He wouldn't do. But then, it, but it, then, if it involved the click, of like him and Ramon, the Great Ladder match. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Nash had good matches, um, especially in '96 when Nash went heel, and Nash was getting out of the company. So I think so much more I think the second run of Michaels, where he was in a better place in life with the stuff he did with angle, the Jericho feud is one of the best. so a lot of the stuff he did in the backtrack where he didn't have the drama, mm-hmm. he didn't have the paranoia he had the I'm more comfortable with myself yeah that's when I think Michaels really shine more because a lot of these pundits will credit him for 97. I don't, because when you (laughs) break down that 97, the belt was going to go back to Brett, and that's the thing. The belt always went back to Brett. They tried it with Luger. No. Then they gave Michaels the run in 96, and it was a little lackluster. It was going to go back to Brett, then he faked the injury. And then who was the guy that helped mainly get Austin over? Brett, in terms of their angle and their work. Michaels had the great bad blood uh, hell-in-a-cell match Mm -hmm. with Tager, which was phenomenal, Mm -hmm. but the screw job was horrendous. And I think he had a match with Shamrock, and then he was doing a dynamic with Austin, but then, Bret Hart beat the crap out of him in the locker room, and then Michaels quit. And then, the dynamic with Austin and Foley got better. So, I mean, Michaels is incredible. He is. But I think that that his personality... And Bret, when they were going to that championship, when they were breaking away from the Hogan stuff, when they had the steroid scandal, when you look back at the 92 roster, when they were making the decision who to go with... And you look back like why not go with Brett? And they went with him. And and he was doing that in a time where he opened up, I think, eyes to having technical matches, helping the smaller guy get to be a champion. Mm-hmm. And now he of course he was older than Shawn Michaels and things like that. But uh, so I think when he got the belt, was he about thirty four, thirty five? my guess. Uh, Brett. Think, he was in his mid 30s when he got the belt, didn't he? Yeah, cuz he turned exactly 40 in 97 cuz in, in the wrestling with shadows documentary
1: he was 40. Yeah,
2: cuz I remember him telling me they we were putting the makes like, I well, just yeah, turned 40.
1: 34, 35 sounds about right. Yeah,
2: cuz he won it in 92, so yeah, about that. So, and that's the that's the thing in the wrestling business when you look at the the individuals running there, the men at least the they in their running their 30s is kind of their prime when yeah. they make their most money. So, I know I'm going on with it, but uh, the value of Brett and it was a rough time. I know when you look at a lot of gimmicks, but his stuff with Kurt Hennig, his king of the ring performance and Ninety-three, uh, I think the Shawn Michaels his match with Shawn Michaels with Survivor Series 92 was good at the mm. time and that helped get Michaels to start he was the Intercontinental champ and yeah. it's, it's, I think it helped getting people to believe oh, Michaels can be a main eventer yeah. you
1: know Michaels can be and he worked as best as he could with Yokozuna yeah because you know? that Rockers thing I, I would and again I, I was younger then mm-hmm. I, when that happened I was like what 12 or 13 wasn't as quote unquote smart back then about wrestling as I am now yeah the Rockers thing, I would assume, was a hard thing to shed for a while. Yeah. That they always saw him as the guy with the, uh, the tassels and oh, yeah. you know, the bright colored tights. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was probably hard for people to see him as a legitimate absolute threat. Let's go back to
2: 1988 Gary, 1988 Ron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody comes up to you and they says, okay, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels they're going to be the top two guys in WWE yeah. WWF one day. <laughs> yeah. You go, know, no, they're both good <laughs> tag team guys, but no, I mean, you got Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. You know, no, no, they're good, but no way. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, when, and then the funny thing was when you looked at Gennetti and Michaels, which were a very innovative team, mm-hmm. um, you know, no one at the time no one said, boy, if they just split Michaels on his own, that Janetti's holding him back. You know, it's easy to change the story because you looked at them as equals. Yeah, Janetti was the top dog yeah. Out yeah. The two of them. Yeah, and it's funny too because he, he was the one that you generally spoke more because Sean was mm-hmm. younger and all that, but uh, they were great. They worked well together. They they coexisted together. They talked very similar in the promos and Brett and Jim, Jim Neidhart had such a great opposite dynamic and Brett was never the greatest promo mm-hmm. and Brett even said that and that's where Jim Neidhart and Jimmy Hart helped him. Yeah. So Brett, was the cocky prick with the, mm-hmm. the sunglasses and he fed off it well. And they worked as baby faces too. And when they wrestled the Rockers, they were phenomenal matches. The, yeah. the, rockers, the rockers were great. The rockers, Brain Busters matches. It's a shame they never held the tag belts, but different era they were going to get the belts but the ring something was wrong with it and in what was it 1990 mm-hmm. yeah, and then they were going to split the heart foundation up then but then they said now give the belts back to the hearts and the hearts lost the nasties but uh, I remember when, when they were splitting the rockers and I found out on the old wrestling radio in WIP <laughs> I, and they didn't say that Michaels was and at the time we weren't using healing you face. said this was
1: on at 7 a.m. yeah 7 a.m. I would get up at
2: 7 <laughs> in the morning and, and you know it's like I'm off I'm doing it and I'm my radio or my walk, at my time the walk man you know and Joel Goodhart who ran the TWA yeah. which was the ECW arena, <laughs> and they, uh, he got he would give reports, and they were big on the WWE because they didn't like the style. They go, they're splitting up the rockers, and I was like, oh, I wonder how they're doing that. So you weren't <laughs> thinking who's turning or anything, yeah. and then they started to plant the seeds and uh, I remember the at the time there were six of us watching yeah. I remember going to my, from three to yeah, six it's up to three we went back a little bit it, it'll dip go to yeah. 95 it might just be me you know, I think you even you, got out of the you were then. the one yeah me and I forced my animals at home my dog and cats to watch it's like no sit with me and watch this. Uh, so and then they started planting the seeds and it, we weren't using the term heel and face at the time and we're like wow well, they're gonna make Shawn Michaels the bad guy Mm-hmm oh, this is interesting. And then like, well, it's going to be a good match. And unfortunately, you know, Jannetty had his issues. Mm-hmm. And then we did get the match a year later at Rumble, but then Jannetty got fired and then they had a good little intercontinental thing, but it never really could take off. And that's part of Jannetty's fault. I I know you have, what's the Eric hates Jannetty? Is that the... Eric or,
1: is not a fan.
2: Yeah, I... I, I, I <laughs> it's funny. I, I like Marty. I think Marty is talented. And a lot... Right, Scott Hall even said how mm-hmm. Marty's very underrated. Marty could work. He just the demons and he just couldn't get over his problem and I think he went on house arrest why he couldn't do the night Because wow. I think they were supposed to wrestle at WrestleMania eight. That was going to be the match. Said it was mm-hmm. Tito for Shawn, but I think they were going to wrestle. And I think I think he went on house arrest, or I know he had a problem. Then he was gone. Then he and when he returned, by the way, Shawn turning on Marty was one of the greatest turns in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. And then when Marty came back with we the mirror yeah. and uh, Shawn Michaels is doing up the hair, and Marty's behind him, and Shawn Michaels thought he saw a ghost, yeah. and Marty kicks his ass, and then Sherry gets and Sherry was a trooper. Mm-hmm. God, was she incredible? And she helped Shawn develop the oh, character yeah. too and then he had her with the mirror by mistake and Sean was the biggest prick and wouldn't call her and, <laughs> and uh, if you get a chance there's a um I'm rambling so much if you get a chance go on um YouTube and find the Primetime Wrestling when they do a an interview with a split screen with Janetti and Michaels <laughs> and um and they're like isn't it true, Sean, that you didn't call uh, Sherry? And he's like, well, I was busy, and you know, he's making excuses. And, and 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 I think he mentioned something like how she, how she, how she jumped in front to take the blow yeah. for him. And then Bobby Heenan goes, yeah, like she would have done that if that was a car. And, and and Michael goes, exactly. Exactly. It was such a dynamic. that never gets She would have done it if it was a car.
1: Um, <laughs> one thing you should know for the rest of the show. Yeah. The rambling is typically the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but <laughs> I can't help it. That's when you're really getting down to it, when, yeah. when you're just going. Um, so two things that you brought up for me. One, you mentioned the thing about most guys prime is they're yeah. And I'm pretty sure Michael's left at age 30 or 31. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah. Because it was, what's, 98? Yeah, so roughly.
2: Because I think he turned 30 for, I think he was 30 for Mania, uh, 12 won. Mm-hmm.
1: 33. Yeah, so roughly, yeah, yeah. He yeah, maybe it was more like thirty two or thirty-three. But Same that's post. those are like prime years that he missed. It was four years. But then to come back yeah. after being gone that long, a little bit more advanced in age, having missed, I mean mm. the biggest boom period. Yeah, he, he just missed it. Uh he you know, he, he left right as it started to get huge. Yeah. Um But then to come back and have such a great run Mm -hmm. to close it, where he was, as much as he didn't want to drop titles, he didn't want to lose to people, Mm -hmm. he was stealing the show regularly in losing efforts for most of that second run. Um, Did your opinion on him change? In that second runner. You always thought yeah. he was great, and you just... Yeah, I always thought he was great. I was totally in favor of him as a, when he was the heartbreak kid and all that. Uh,
2: but, you know, this is where the internet came in, and I was like, dude, you're such a prick. <laughs> you know, you're such... A, and I'll even tell the story where I heckled him. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but I always... Oh, God, the entering stuff was always good. And now, think about this. And this is why I can't put him the best. Now, if you're talking moveset and match quality, I, I see where people are coming from. But you w- one of your points is where he missed the heart of the attitude hour. he was on the cusp of it mm-hmm. but even during the run in 97 I mentioned he wasn't there for part of it he, mm-hmm. he lost his smile I guess that's six to eight weeks yeah. in terms of it, NFL injury yeah. um, you know and then he quit <laughs> and then he came back
1: he really didn't have a lot of work is that the standard yeah. six to eight weeks when you I, I think it was your smile it's <laughs> out six to eight weeks or if you're on the Sixers they just don't tell, yeah, you. Just yeah. tell you yeah yeah.
2: you're it's sports <laughs> science they're just like, a bruised knee like Joel Embiid out for until the All-Star <laughs> ring right. you know, but, but, uh, uh, but yeah yeah, and uh, it, could you imagine? And now back to what I was saying is like, and he came in the late end of the 80s run, which was starting to tail off, mm-hmm. and he was in the cusp. So he was never in the heart of the ultimate moments, and then that's where you say, well, he was injured, and, you know, he, he, he came in WWE you know, whatever. But he was never at the heart of each era. He was at the end of the 80s and the beginning and the cusp of where it was getting better. Mm-hmm. But now on the pro side with Sean. Could you imagine if he was in better a better place in the 90s and did good business, could have had mm-hmm. a run with it, could have run Vader, and didn't miss those four years? Yeah. Holy hell, <laughs> what he could have done. And if the stuff with him and Brett, if they still kept them together and they could have worked and didn't have their... My gosh, I mean, the stuff he did post... Coming back from 0-2 on was remarkable. And the stuff he was doing was he became a star. If he had that, mm-hmm. if he had that four years that he missed and was in a better place and did good business at the time... Holy goodness, would occur. Then maybe I would say greatest, but I can't. There's too much of a gap.
1: Yeah. Now, is that like one of the greatest what ifs for you in wrestling history, or think yeah. he did enough that you I think? Know- oh, he did enough
2: to where you know salute you. But for me to where when I do my tiers, I put him in the tier with the the, the Bretts and the um like like I said, my Mount Rushmore is different than what I think the influential. Mm-hmm. He is the Triple H Bret Sean era to where they're they're real good. They know it. They're they're great. But outside of wrestling, weren't crossover yeah.
1: superstars. Yeah. That yeah. made uh, the business bigger.
2: Are you going to watch the resurrection of Gavin Stone? You're going to watch yeah. a rock movie. Right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so that's why. But, but but now when we're talking in-ring Michaels, mm-hmm. then he's in there with the technical best ever in the history of you know the business. Because I mean, you could do tag team, you could do face or heel. It didn't matter. But so he's in that next group for me after that that elite of because that second group is to me Undertaker, Flair, Piper, Savage of influential transferring into mm-hmm. the mainstream. Then you, I said you have the Hogan, Bruno, Rock, Austin, Cena. Then he's in that next group, and yeah. I think Jericho might be in that group for me too. Mm-hmm. What he's been able to do, but now, like I said, I'll, if I say any words like overrated or a, a fraud, I'm a jerk because <laughs> come on. So he's one of those guys to where you know the the Terrell Owens factor, the the, mm-hmm. the on the field in ring stuff incredible, but the off the field, outside, behind the locker room, I just think held him back so much to where we never got to see the Brett Sean matches we should have mm-hmm. um, other than the Iron Man and the Survivor Series 92 where... You know, Brett had his early title run. Yeah. Sean was on the cusp. So I just, yeah, it's a what if in terms of putting him, for my opinion, but not for his career. Right. Uh, because it's the, because, the, I mean, oh my God, like the showstopper, the WrestleMania matches, <laughs> him and Taker. But mm-hmm. darn, it, if he just would have done some things differently and wasn't hooked on what he was hooked on and didn't have a weird sophomoric click and fetish yeah. with those <laughs> with those guys, just, oh
1: my goodness, what he could have done. What First done? use of sophomoric on the show. Yeah, there we go. I appreciate Probing it. my rosé. <laughs> yeah the Thesaurus <laughs> on that one. Somebody uh,
0: said fetish before?
1: <laughs> uh, that's a good point. I don't know. I may have to go back to the art. Fetish archive. many times. <laughs> sophomoric never. Yeah, people are always fetishizing on the show. Yeah, but you got the about at, Sean and Brett that time. Yeah,
2: I got my the intercontinental belt here. Yeah. Which was beautiful a beautiful belt. It is, yeah, for the 40th, because it was always my favorite looking
1: title. Mm-hmm. I always thought it looked the best, and now. Uh, it but, is. The coolest. Yeah. The plate is. Yeah. I love the plate. I love the banner. Yeah. Everything about it to, yeah. to me is so
2: cool. And here too, like yeah. I'm not changing the interview from me mm-hmm. interviewing you, but it, I don't know. It, it bothers me. It's what's happened to the state of wrestling, is when the Intercontinental belt and U.S. belts are referred to as mid card. Mm-hmm. They technically are now, but at the time, now here's where Ron and I, back yeah. in our day, yeah. <laughs> where you didn't get to see Hulk Hogan as much. You saw Flair a little more on N.W.T.V., but still not as much. But he was the vagabond. He was wrestling the N.W would wrestle everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, The U.S. champ and also the TV champ, but the Intercontinental champ and the WWE, they were the more visible ones at the time. Hulk Hogan in general, you had to go to the arena to see him. Yeah, you know, it's funny if you go on YouTube and find in 1984 after Hogan won the belt, mm-hmm. there'd just be a random match. It'd be Tito Santana against uh, uh, Stephen Barney, Jose or somebody. <laughs> you know, your typical jobber versus the elite guy. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like here comes Hulk Hogan and he'd come out and say hi to the crowd, and the fans are going nuts. And he'd go up to Tito Santana and shake his hand, or if he was, or if it was a heel going up against a babyface jobber, Hogan would shake the yeah. babyface. <laughs> jobber's hand and they go yeah and then he'd say hello and then leave yeah. and, and that's what you saw and then when you get to the commercial it was like come at the Philadelphia Spectrum is Hulk Hogan like We're going. Dad, Mom, Hogan's fighting Orndorff. We're going. go get in the car. It's at 8 o'clock. they're like, no. It's like, no. We don't see Hogan. Or at least I remember. I was like, I don't care. I want him to lose. I want him to lose. But he was for everyone. There was a TV match of Hulk Hogan versus Rusty Brooks. My brother rooted for Rusty Brooks. I'm not kidding. It's disgusting. It's terrible. The leg drops. It was the best thing in the world. But... um yeah so uh, but and the about it was so visible and the feuds and the angles they had for it I think the attitude era if you go back to around 98 mm-hmm. I really think that's when it started when the intercon and then for some reason the WWE and WCW didn't want to do tag teams I'm thinking you're tagging the, I mean, the whole attitude how many times we talk about Edge and Christian versus mm-hmm. and, and the Dudley's go back to the 80's where oh, the, the, what the NWA was doing with the Rock and Roll Express and, and Arn Anderson and Blanchard and the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors then you go to the WWF with the Bulldogs the Heart Foundation mm-hmm. the Killer Bees the eventually of the Rockers uh, Demolition Powers of Pain, all this stuff they were doing and then for both companies to say like oh we're just gonna throw uh, two singles guys together <laughs> I mean every now and then I can work for an angle yeah. but when the Intercontinental about US belts get the main I'm like God, oh, there so, were so much more than mid card belts, but since the champion's on TV so much, he defends the belt so much, mm-hmm. uh, you know. It just it just kind of in each. There's two separate shows, and then there's all these different titles, and and then the WWE folded, and then everything merges. So it's just such a shame when those belts were like, you know, like you are the top contender. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, the
1: Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Now, do you do you think? Because I know Daniel Bryan has talked about this before, that when he won the Intercontinental Championship at what WrestleMania 31? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to be on SmackDown as the Intercontinental Champion and have this be the belt of SmackDown. He wanted to be the top guy on SmackDown. Now they mm. obviously they weren't live yet. Right. There was no brand split. But basically that's what he said. He wanted to build up the Intercontinental Championship as this is the biggest thing you're going to see on SmackDown.
2: Interesting. Uh, and at the time they still were doing the two titles, the World mm-hmm. title. I st- I still call them both World titles. Yeah. I mean the, the World Heavyweight title and mm-hmm. the WWE. I I mean that that's cool. But yeah, I, I mean I, I, obviously the WWE didn't do that, so they'd have to drop the two World champions. Well, yeah, they'll uh, never do that. Yeah, I mean going back to three titles, I mean I. I, I do think, I mean, when they say this guy's a multiple time champion, like, so I was like well, the belt changes hands. Quick. That's why, when, like, for example, and it's going to happen, people, mm-hmm. when Roman Reigns wins the belt again, be relax, because I seriously <laughs> doubt it's going to be Bruno San Martino's two title reigns of 12 years. Yeah. It's not the same business as it was. So he'll put the belt back. It'll, it will go to somebody. AJ Styles doesn't have the belt. Relax. I think he's going to get it again. He's that incredible, that phenomenal. <laughs> pardon the pun. Yeah. But um, it's just a different, but I, I think that would have been. During that era, sure, because it kind of was like that in a little bit of ways. But old-school thought process, but maybe been difficult, especially when you have two world champions. and uh, That would have been an interesting concept to, to see, uh, if the Intercontinental belt was the championship belt on one show.
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought it would have been cool. I was like, yeah, there's some promise to that, especially with Daniel Bryan. Especially the, with him winning it, yeah. yeah like that that would have been a huge thing. Um, now we talked about your Rushmore. Who yeah. are like four or five of your favorites working currently?
2: Yeah, um, there, there's. I'll tell you what. The, the, the in-ring talents off the charts in terms of athleticism and do and all that. Um, the personalities aren't, in my opinion, what they used to be. The characters, but some of the ones, Styles. And I love Styles and TNA, and he could do anything. I mean, just just the work he does and his matches with Cena and Reigns have been phenomenal. We'll keep mm-hmm. using it. Um, love Cesaro, absolutely love Cesaro. Um, I, I really think going back to when he run the Andre Rumbles when he should have been a babyface and Vince somehow has said like he, he he's missing it and all that, but is he? Because the promo work is good, his dynamic stuff with Sheamus works, mm-hmm. his in ring is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so over. Um, he he looks great. Um, he's got the Swiss accent, but it doesn't hold him back. No, uh, just remarkable in uh, what he can do and just the the ungodly strength he has. Seth Rollins is terrific. I absolutely love him I like Roman I do I I think Roman brings a dynamic of size athleticism and muscle they don't have Mm -hmm. Um, we talk about this all the time with me Derek and Russ and talk about knowledgeable guys and respect for the past Mm -hmm. these two gems over here (laughs) Um, I, I, I hate being mean he hits a dynamic that's not in the audience I think if you look at the people and play the game.
1: Like we, he's better than us.
2: Yeah. The guy's a former athlete, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's a good looking guy. Women and kids like him. God forbid women and kids like yeah. him. And I jokingly always say he's touched a woman. You know, he's filled out That's a w- one of the first yeah. things yes. you, you ever yes. said yes. to yes. me was yes. yes. that comment yeah. about him. He's out a W two and W four form. Uh he's paid his sport past the third grade. <laughs> he's got out of his mom's basement. Yeah. Um he doesn't have a civil war crime beard. Nothing wrong with the beard. (laughs) But it's not the, you know, the... I know what you mean. You know, it's not that, but... um No, (laughs) it's on... But I I think that demographic doesn't relate to it. I think us... You know, and guys like Russ and, and Derek, and I remember Russ had said, you know, Derek said at the beginning that he wasn't he's too green, too green, but he said, hey, he's." And that's the difference with, I think, a lot of people to where I think all of us have the ability to say, "I, I first I wasn't in the Braun Strowman. Yeah. I love him. I think he's great. I think him and Reigns are going to have a great match. Mm-hmm. Here comes all the trolls now ripping yeah. me. <laughs> but uh, and I think it's a dynamic that's missing that, that giant guy. And I think in the 80s era, in the Attitude Era, and even when WCW had the great run from their couple years, you know, you look at the whole dynamic of of the each individual being different in muscular size Mm -hmm. you know the beer belly heel I think so many guys look the same now and and I'm more of a territory guy than an indie guy but uh, so I mean those are some other guys there's a lot of guys I think the talent's off the charts in terms of athleticism I think it's going to be a cleaner business now Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to be seeing guys dropping dead at 36 and having the short lifespan that they had yeah like guys are going to be going to the hall of fame while they're still alive yeah (laughs) agree and what I think might be a little bit of a different flip side Uh, we did a Derek and I did a podcast before where mm-hmm. uh, one of our partners kind of disagreed. But I think you're going to see some guys get out of the business quicker because it's going to open avenues mm-hmm. for movies and things like that. And, and you know, I, the, for the people years ago hating on The Rock, I thought was so wrong. He, I think he played his cards phenomenal because he got out at the right time. I and mean, He still always has a place and he still always will be back. And how can you argue the success in his movies? Um, There's no
1: leg left to stand on. There's nothing. And that's why
2: he's in my different influential list. Of top five ever of what they've done for the business to take it to such a different level, but uh, yeah, I mean, I can go I, I like American Alpha. I think they're good. Bray Wyatt's good. Mm-hmm. Always like Samoa Joe. So I mean, I'm gonna say most praise about a lot of lot of individuals on there. But if I had to pick my three, I'd say Reigns, Raw, and Cesaro for my three. Is that uh, what's yours?
1: My three favorite currently. So Seth has Seth. See, that's tough for me. Like I said, nobody really turns the questions over to me. My three favorites working right now, especially in WWE, I'd still say Seth Rollins, even though I feel like he's been very underutilized since he came back. Yeah, I agree. Um, Do I go with Sasha Banks? You have to. (laughs) Because <laughs> I do love Sasha. I
2: think it's gonna. I think they're gonna flip her, right? Yeah. So I think that's. I'm what looking very seen. much forward
1: to that. Well, now, this is your show. You can't just go and yeah. change your. You're name. right. I, I can't. He's talented. And AJ Styles. Yeah. Man. AJ is and AJ actually has made me. He's built up a lot of goodwill towards WWE as a company for me, because he came in, and I remember his entrance into the Rumble being like, "Wow, he's actually really there." Yeah. And he got to walk in there. With Roman Reigns. Like, his first step into a WWE ring was with Roman Reigns. Yeah. And then I remember Jericho came in, and I was like, I think Jericho's bigger than him. And I got really worried. Like, Vince isn't going to like how small he is. Mm. He had to run with Jericho, and it, he, he almost not died off, but he lost a little steam there in, like, maybe Mayish, Yeah. April, Mayish, And then the stuff with Roman happened, and he just, like... Mm. Rocket ship. So for for two months, he didn't wrestle himself in the
2: ring. Right. He had an opponent. He did have an opponent. Okay, no, I just wasn't sure because according to some of the. Smarks out there mm-hmm. that AJ wrestled himself. Exactly. So I didn't realize he. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because my yes. screen didn't have an <laughs> opponent. Well, it didn't have an opponent on the other yeah. side. Mine did. I, okay, okay, I just wasn't sure.
0: I remember we were at Nick's roast beef and yeah. we were confused because it was just AJ doing forearms.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: And uh, you and, uh, and of course, like I said, these two, uh, such knowledge, such mm-hmm. respect, good, good guys. Um, we did something at the um, at Newark, and I'm standing my ground still. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, not. I, I, Dude, I'm ultimate
1: babyface. This I, isn't about Kenyon Martin. No, it's not. Oh, We're going to get an ad for another one.
2: So I, I'll eventually get back to my heckling of Shawn Michaels eventually. we got some other wrestling stories. but um, So I said, you know what? I said, this is going to be a great match. I said, why don't we just be the ultimate Roman Reigns people? We'll, be, we'll call ourselves the Romanites. And all that. I was like, I'll use my spiel. I lost my voice by the third match. I did my best good. I could. Like, I 'cause they're not gonna give it. I said, like, let's just do it and have fun with it and just have fun. I said, like, they're not gonna do anything. Look at the mm-hmm. crowd. They haven't done anything active since <laughs> yeah. since two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I said, like, We're gonna be all right. So we did that. And we had another friend of ours, Ryan. You know, he was up in the upper decks, so mm-hmm. it was funny. So, so, so he wasn't
1: actually physically with so, you guys. So
2: Ryan was Ryan Mucci was going. So we met up with him afterwards. So our group were together. One guy didn't want to do it, so he's like, oh, I was like, all right, because you're I'm, I'm as a Rob. <laughs> I was like, so, but he's like, he's like, but he had fun with us doing it. So three of us yeah. were like, we're all in, and it was funny because. So when, when Roman comes out, so, and you hear Donna, the Shields music. So, you know, you, there, there are some cheers in the audience, people. And so there was a loud booze, but then we stand, we we're going nuts. Yeah. So, and then it's funny, as we're looking at, so, but there was a lot of Roman's people in our section. And, you know, we're all styles mm-hmm. people, too, so we're just trying to have some fun with it. Yeah. And um, there's smoking hot chick in the back, like, see? <laughs> the, the, the two brothers in front we're of us. Over, yeah, we're already over with Yeah, we're already right. over, so we're all going <laughs> great. And then there are people, there's one guy over, like, after Reigns won, him and I pointed. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so, poor, poor, no. so poor Ryan. He brings people together. It brought people together. And I really believe it opened the floodgates a little bit for people, like, yeah, I'm going to cheer for this guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as I look up, and poor Ryan, was in a sea of venom. <laughs> you see a bunch of raucous people, and you see this Roman rain sign. Of, and we we came up with the idea of. Uh, Roman Reigns making WWE great again. <laughs> you know, to, to get a little heat, because you know, with Trump, yeah, obviously. Exactly. And my whole thing that I was doing, to, I had some people the go, uh, I had some people go like this, like what would be you know, we talk politics and they go, mm-hmm. what's your ideal ticket for for um for Powell, for the, the election guy? I was like, oh, if Trump and Reigns are together. I was like, it's simple. You build the wall and have Reigns spear the immigrant and then the illegals trying to come over. I was like, you have the wall, you have the shield, so some refugees climbing over, Roman just spears them down in the road. Uh-oh. and people got it yeah. so Ryan did it. you just see this sea of venom because Ryan was up to the right of us and uh, you see and all you see is one Roman sign up and down <laughs> cheering and everyone's like growing and throwing on it, and you see Ryan with his sign
1: that was Ryan legitimately he was by himself? Who's with his girlfriend? Okay. Who's with his girlfriend? Oh, that poor girl. Yeah, he <laughs> was right right now. yeah, Yeah.
2: So, and by the way, at the end of that match, there was a pop, and then of course the pop went over for uh, mm-hmm. Rollins making his debut. But just to have a little fun with it, and you know, I was doing that, uh, the whole you know, the Bull club socks. It's yeah. like it's like you smark. <laughs> I was like, indie wrestling blows. It's like, it's like, I was like, go watch your New Japan on the internet. You don't have a girlfriend. You know? And people were laughing, but you know, it was all in good fun. But yes, yeah, so sometimes you know, you gotta. You, I was like, uh, if you ever watch was the Canadian Stampede in ninety-seven, when the, the faces were the heels because they were in Canada, so it was the Road yeah. Warriors, uh, Goldust, Austin, and Shamrock were the heels. They got them, so we got to play <laughs> the heel in the enemy territory. It was in Newark <laughs> yeah. for Philly guys, so it was total. And not a word, not a word. We got some laughs. and had a lot of fun. Oh, and the the uh, the, the it was a sister. It was an aunt, it was a mother and her sister. And their kids together. They loved us too. They're all painted really? like the that's Usos. Oh, awesome. right. so yeah. So they, we had a good time with it. So
1: I love it. Well, that, that's what it's all about. Absolutely, that's what you're there to do.
2: Now I, I bring it up to these guys. I
1: think I don't think a lot of this audience goes to have a good time. I complained about a SummerSlam hangover. Oh yes, right, you were there. Myself and Aaron went. Oh. And I complained of a SummerSlam hangover, maybe till after Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. That's how miserable that crowd was. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. Awful. The, the the botchamania stuff. Like to me that's one thing you don't do. You don't you don't disrespect the human being that's in there. Agreed. Risking their health to entertain you. Agreed. I agree. I, I get you not liking the character. I get you not liking what has been written for the character or whatever. But disrespecting the human being that's going out there to entertain you, mm-hmm. I don't appreciate. Absolutely. Also these are these are the demographic who are like, oh, I wish we could get like a like a Seth Rollins Finn Balor match, exactly yeah. what you asked for, yeah. and you booed through the whole. Hundred percent agree. More concerned about the, well, belt the, b- than the, the, match. the belts. Red. Yeah. yeah It's dumb Okay Here's the thing And then, and then they bought it When it was released yeah. On WWE nah. Yeah Shocker. that's what They did Exactly, wow. exactly. Well, well now, well, now, it's now, now yeah. that By now the, the way Kevin has it <laughs> And yeah. for Kevin. me you Now that Kevin
2: Steen Has now, it now, okay. yeah, now that Steen Has yeah, it <laughs> Yeah Because you know They're
0: on first name Basis yeah. with yeah. Kevin Well
2: when Kevin Steen Fights Prince Devitt That's his name You know <laughs> <laughs> so Actually it's Fergal Yeah But you're right Because here you Can match you on And we they made a joke <laughs> yeah, that's awesome um, and it's funny them. we're they, over. Want, they get the match they want. and by the way Finn Balor's in that pardon the term we're going to do puns the club yeah. Becky Lynch would love our show all the puns um, <laughs> I would love Becky to be oh, man, me too oh, that would be phenomenal there <laughs> hey, we go <laughs> um, but uh, they, they, get the, they get the match they want and Balor I think is, good, is terrific too mm-hmm. and his entrance is awesome and Vince is going to love that mm-hmm. and he already does and um they get the match they want, and they're they're bitching about the belt. And we made a joke watching. I said the belt looks like red velvet cake. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And then they're disrespecting during the match. You're getting the match you want. You always bitch about the booking, the booking, the booking. More here, you got something booked. It's right in front of you. How about if you take your damn cell phone away from your face, <laughs> and then if you watch what's going on right now, and these guys are performing a great match, and you're bitching about the belt, you're doing botchamania smarts and that's it's ridiculous. And the crowd's trying to, to to get get over themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's too much. It's yeah. too much. The chants are I,
1: I, I hate doing yeah, that. The chanting just to hear yourself chant right. at a certain point.
2: And then when we make this comment, the four of us we're told to go, well stuff's evolved
1: and it's changed, you know, get it's like
2: now it's like it's something if something changes, it doesn't always mean it evolves. It might not change for the better, it might not change for the worse. Mm-hmm. But I mean, enjoy what's going on there. Voice your opinion, yes. And we were talking about this off the air, Ron. It's like mm-hmm. there are times to where voice your opinion. I mean, there's several names we could cite. Austin's the biggest one that we could talk about. How he started to get a pop, and then he flips. Yeah. Undertaker, Savage, Honky Tonk, Miniverse. Hogan in WCW got to be a heel because he was in enemy territory, yeah. and he was getting enough booze. But sometimes play along. Mm-hmm. Sometimes play along. And we talked about how Jericho hits that. that we, we love Jericho. But he's fun to boo as a heel because Mm -hmm. he plays it and it's almost a fun interaction. I'm not saying be a lemming. I'm not saying be a fool, but every now and then play along. Have fun. That interaction to when the heel tells you to shut up and you start chanting at him and you start chanting USA or, you you know, there was nothing better than a weasel chant, Mm -hmm. a USA chant. (laughs) Uh, You know, there was nothing better than that. Uh, You know, use. uh, what they call Paul Orndorf Paula Mr. Wonderful it was so and the, the, he would do the, he would hold his ear yeah. shut up and you, you keep going and, 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 and that's another thing I think guys don't know how to be heels now a lot of them and especially in this era where you want to get over on social mm-hmm. media you know and then now people want to cheer the heel it's like, you know sometimes it's cool but yeah. everybody's your brother yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody's my brother my brother's ahead of us my brother ruined it he ruined it
1: he, yeah. was the, he was the trailblazer and you know what's funny <laughs> with
2: my brother and he eventually got to the point to where my brother became the point oh I like and then my brother liked baby faces he really? liked Austin and and he would he would start I think my brother likes you know. so then my brother got to the point to where it's a like, guy oh, if he's good he's good you yeah. know it didn't matter to him anymore but uh, there's a funny I'll uh, I'll do one quick brother story oh, yeah. uh, he met uh, Earl Hebner Okay. because uh, my brother when he was living in Los Angeles went to Wrestlemania 2000 so he went to the wrestling access there so he said I want to meet Earl Hebner so my brother hated Hogan <laughs> so and then my brother for Hogan the NWI was a completely yeah. fraud my brother uh, so, uh, so uh, he knows I kid. not but uh, so he goes to meet Earl Hebner and he goes, he goes yeah he didn't have a good reaction to me I said well why is that he goes because well, I went to him, I said, "Earl, I want to thank." you. It was Earl or Dave, one of the others. Because <laughs> I think it was Dave. He goes, I want to thank you. He goes, "You helped take the belt off Hulk Hogan, and you made me one of the happiest people." And he goes, "Okay, thank you, whatever." He goes, "Why are you upset?" I was like, "I was like, maybe because you look like a psychotic asshole that you were just demented and you were taking it too seriously in a storyline with hope and they played it off like." He had a twin brother that, had, a brother that had plastic surgery. How's he? could how you pay surgery, man? I oh, know. It's like, Perry, maybe you came across like a smart before there was a smart. They're identical. He, and he goes, yeah, I guess so. And then, <laughs> and then I guess I'm... Yeah, so. Is I was, that actually how he talks? My bro, well, yeah. I guess he, so. When he's on the phone, he goes, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. It sounds like
0: he's constantly about to tie a damsel to... Yeah, he, yeah he does. <laughs> and then,
2: and then, it's almost like... And then, it's my brother's voice way he does it. He, he does it over the phone. Or, oh, he, boy. He, he's like, yeah, he's like I, I'm holding the pinky finger, it's almost like Doctor Eve is like, yeah. yeah, you're right, good point. Yeah, the, vo- the voice gets really low. he's like, yeah, you're right. Okay, so that leads Foiled to again. so so I guess I guess I should lead to the story. Uh, then. yeah. So this my brother. This is the ringer. And my brother doesn't live too far from CM Punk by the way in Chicago now. Okay. So um, and uh, so, so so my mm-hmm. brother um, so my brother's in LA still at the time. And uh, so he's hanging out with a friend. Now the friend is talking about a guy that causes ruckus and problems. <laughs> but he was not in the wrong this time. So my, my brother and his friend are walking. They're going to a bar in LA, and uh, in Los Angeles. So this guy's wrong, belligerent. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, you have some. You say whatever. Mm-hmm. Like buddy, no, no, we don't, we don't, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Come on, get away. So he's kind of belligerent with them and like, No, no, no. So they're like, let's get away from him. So then they get into the bar. Sure enough, the guy walks in. The guy's in the bar, and he starts going after them. And like, it's like, oh, come on, dude, come on, whatever. So then the guy's gone. So then, like, the night goes. My brother and his friend are leaving. The guy is still around. He's still going, and so he goes up to him. He's like belligerent with them, whatever. And they go, listen, buddy, we don't want any problems. We're going home now, whatever. And then he's still going on, whatever. Then he gets in my brother's friend's face. So then my brother's
1: friend... Known to cause a ruckus. Yeah, known Let's to cause a ruckus. He's known to cause a ruckus.
2: I could... Uh, this guy... Oh, wow.
1: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I will
2: remain yeah, names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him Mr. X. Okay. He'd gone to mask and <laughs> was a job. Um, so, yeah, so, so then the guy gets in his face. So and this was back in the late night, so there were still phone booths. So he pushed... Um, the guy into the phone booth. He said, buddy, stop it. Whatever. So then my brother gets in the middle and says, okay, enough. He's like, buddy, go away. <laughs> so two guys across the street think my brother and his friend are beating a dump 2 on one Like, hey, man, that's not cool what you're doing. Like, so they come walking over. And the brother and Lou like, "No, oh, you don't understand. This guy is causing a problem. He's causing a problem. The bar with the women. And all this. Like, no, man, we saw you. He's like, no, the guy got in our face. And he was a problem. And Lou, Lou did Hit him a few times, he like kind of stopped. So he pushed him in, punched him. So my brother broke that up. So then two guys come over said, That's not cool. And they, they still try to explain to him. So then all of a sudden it was like a, it was like an old NWA where the horse will attack Dusty in the parking lot or Lex Luger So then the one guy goes after Lou, so they're kind of wrestling and scuffling. So then my brother and the other guy were like in a standoff. It was like when goalies don't want to fight in hockey. Yeah. Like, all right, so we gotta fight into the raw. So the two of them are, are getting ready to, to go. So my brother gets in fighting position and at the time, my brother was not a fighter. He's yeah. not. He's, my brother was like 165 pounds, but at the time, he was a little heavier. Yeah. So I think, my, what did my brother call himself? He said, he said, he goes, I wasn't quite Rusty Brooks, but you know. So we're back to Rusty Brooks. So then he goes like this. So then he, so, then he gets in the stance. So then he decides. He goes, how am I going to fight this guy? I'm not a fighter. So he tries to kick him. He wants to stone-cold stun him in the middle of the street in Los Angeles. So he to, he went to kick him. And he kicked him like in the knee. And then he went to turn around to get him in the position. The guy kind of sobbed him. He's like, what are you doing? And my brother went back in his fighting stance. And then the kind of gun started jostling. And then it got broken up. I go, I go, wait a minute. I go, he, he goes, yeah, he goes, I try to give him a stunner. He goes, he goes, I go, you try I go, why'd you try and do that? He goes, well, it works so well for Austin. I feel, I go, wait a minute. I go paid And pretend wrestling. It's a, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a work, you know, it's a work, it's a gimmick. I go, look at the stunner. He kicks the guy in the stomach. The guy purposely leans over so he can get his jawline under his shoulder. And then he jumps and he and he, and he brings his jaw down and his tailbone and ass hit the mat. He goes, he goes yeah. He goes, I mentioned it to my friends. They said I would have broken my tailbone on the concrete. I go, you answered your question. You would have broken your tailbone. He goes, I didn't think of that. He goes, it works well for Austin. He always gets up. I said, you're not serious, are you? He said, no. I goes, because I got caught in the moment. <laughs> because I had to try something. I'm not a fighter. guess so he tried to stun a man in the street of Los Angeles. Um, and,
1: yeah, two, it was two things. Yes, yeah. one. I love the idea of your brother attempting it, and the guy could be like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's
2: just, what are you doing? And then he just started to like, And then your are brother would be like, <laughs> I don't know to talk about. Yeah, yeah.
0: It honestly reminds me of something you would see in, like, a Judd movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, just an awkward bit. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Yeah, what are you doing? Yes. So, but this leads me to another thing. The summer of That's 1999. Oh, yeah. God. I'm in Seattle City. This is the height. Somebody tried to stun him. him. <laughs> I know. I
2: know. It was your brother. I life.
1: was a much less happy person back then than I am now. Mm. Uh, I was an angry 19, 20-year-old. I would go, I'd be drunk, I'd go out at like 2 a.m. walking around Seattle City looking for somebody to get in a fight with. And this one particular night, I didn't find any takers. (laughs) So, I'm two blocks away from my house. And I hear this girl, like, screaming. I look over, there's a guy who's holding his girlfriend, I assume, by the hair. So, me being drunk, uh, I'm like, I'll save this girl from this guy. And... I, I shove the guy off and I kick him in the stomach as if I'm going to give him a stone cold <laughs> stunner. So I, I am about to do it and I stop because I thought better of it, unlike your brother. <laughs> yeah. I had to go for it. Uh, but that was my attempt. And I. Eventually, the girl's, like, t- telling me she's going to call the cops on me now. I'm like, I helped
2: you. I defended you.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, so I, I, like, briskly jog back to the house and go home, and I wake up the next day, and I'm remembering the events from the mm-hmm. night before, and I'm telling my friends, like, I almost stunned, gave this guy a stone-cold stutter, and nobody believed me. <laughs> nobody believes me That's that it right. happened. But we had a friend. Who used to come down? We didn't have enough room for him when he would come down sometimes, mm-hmm. so he had a truck. He would go outside and sleep in the bed of his truck. And he's like, I was outside sleeping, and I heard a guy walking down the street yelling that some guy just kicked him in the chest. <laughs>
2: I got him up in the chest. I did. That's Hogan
1: big boot. Whip him in. Yeah, I got him like right in the sternum. He, like, it, 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 you could tell it knocked the wind out of him. Like you heard the wind come out. That's uh, impressive. And him, he leaned um, over. Well, my, my
2: brother's kid went, went, like, went to the shin yeah. knee area. So you, and, and, and so I was, at us see, so he told me, so I was 20. So my brother's five. So my brother was 26 and didn't know better. You were drunk at 19 and realized, yeah. oh, I shouldn't stun him. Yeah. yeah so that's the, that's the biggest difference. So, uh, well, see, it comes back full circle. The attempt of a stunner yeah. uh, late at night. Yeah. When in doubt, stun your opposition. Yeah. And so, like your brother. The he 80s had 90s. form. Yeah. Hey, perfect
1: you got form. him. He got him in the chest. My brother got him yeah. in the shin. Yeah. It was sweet uh, shin music. Yeah, but I, but I was glad because nobody would have believed me except for one guy who had not heard the story before. It's not like I talked to him beforehand. He was like, I heard somebody complaining that a guy kicked him in the chest. Dude, can you imagine if That's that awesome. if
0: that one guy was laying there, he heard the scuffle going on and just looked up just in time to watch you stun that man. <laughs> <I know>.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. the glass
1: <laughs> <him>. <laughs> flip them off. Stone cold, stone cold. Uh, you stun them just then. Throws a bottle on the ground. <laughs> you walk away, or he throws me. He throws me a Steve Weiser Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your brother got further in the process than I did, though.
2: He did. Yeah. He. As much
1: he... as I'm glad I didn't break my tailbone, no. or have to explain right. myself to a yeah. guy I was fighting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Like so what are you doing? He's like, I don't shot He Just went ahead to him again. Because, the guy, because at first too, when you're fighting, he went for a kick to, and it was t- to the, like, the shin area. The guy's like, what? He brushes it off. And then my brother turns around to try it. The kick failed. And he goes, and he, he explains. He goes, you can see, he's Austin. Always set him up with the kick. He goes, the kick is very underrated. Underrated. It's underrated. And, and I go, you and I play. Along. I go, you mean like the big boot, to Hogan's? Leg? He goes, exactly. Go, mm-hmm. So what he
1: really did was like a bad cutter. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It was just—I don't know. It's, it's so so your brother, your brother sounds like quite an interesting. Oh friend. boy, is he ever! Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was on board with the heels, really early on. Yeah. He obviously knew it was a work very early on. Um, he knew, like you said, your parents told you this is not a real fight. They're yeah. trained to do this. They gave you the disclaimer, don't try this at yep. home, <laughs> Yep. and your 26-year-old brother thought the Stone Cold Stunner would work in a real fight.
2: In the pavement in the middle of a street in Los Angeles. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Maybe <laughs> he might have been influenced by the Roddy, Piper, Keith, David fight in They Live. Uh, or the, uh, what was that, the uh, Hollywood brawl between mm-hmm. Goldust and um, and Piper mm-hmm. at WrestleMania uh, 12. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was. But uh, yeah, exactly.
1: If you met my brother, you would understand that he would the be How old is he now? My brother is now 45. Okay, so this happened... Almost, we're almost approaching the 20-year anniversary of this. Yeah. <laughs> how, <laughs> how often do you bring this up? Occasionally, I bring it up to him. I haven't brought it up to him in a Does while. Does it bother him? Whenever he gets close. No, he loves it. My, my
2: brother is an attention whore. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, if my brother if my brother went to a funeral, he's jealous he's, that the corpse is getting the attention. So that's, that's the type of brother. <laughs> it's, yeah. he, he's a Facebook whore. I mean, he, he'll do anything like you know, this. You know, if, um, if if you don't, if, if you say jump, he'll he gets an airplane and he'll jump out of it. You know, so but yeah, he's a he's a character. Uh, but yeah, do you think he'll commemorate this in any way? Yeah, he would. Uh, maybe I, I'll get more in detail with it. But I think he would. Uh, now since he's over in Chicago, I don't think he really is, relays that story enough. But I think he he, he would do it. And, uh, you know, I would talk to him again to rehash and get my story piece probably. But from what I was told and he explained it, that's
1: the area of the joke. I would like to do a behind the music about this. Yeah. I want want Lou here, too, for it. Yeah. (laughs) I want Lou's
2: perspective on the whole thing. Oh, he's an interesting one, Lou. Uh, This is a man who took a dump in a frying pan and fried it in a a, a house. Good Good for Lou. Yeah, I got. I hate to bring that up on there, but there's plenty of. Oh, they're terrible. One of Lou's grandest moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he paid a prostitute in food. All right, <laughs> yeah. and, just, and she was homeless. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he got general awards from it.
1: All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Lou. We can yeah. edit that out in post. Yeah, yeah. Lou. You Lou can edit like, that out. Lou is like the Ric Flair. Of, yes. Of if your brother's the, life. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. All Flair
0: did was brag about having. Genital <laughs> yeah. Words. yeah, yeah. I hate
2: to bring it up on this With great podcast. I, I, hopefully, I don't demean it and
1: denounce it. I think
2: you're fine. Okay, no. uh, yeah. It didn't It didn't happen to me. Be and guess what? This person is a certified public accountant. So if you need your taxes done, I can tell you where you can. He he's a he made, he's a very excellent accountant. Yeah, he's a hell of an accountant. Oh, just a, the crazy. Learned from thing. IRS. Yes, he did. Yes, Mike. He was another one of my early favorite. Him and Wyndham together. Great, U.S. Express, great team.
1: Yeah, they were they were um, one of my early favorites. I liked IRS. Very good. I, IRS was one of those like it's the, one of the first only heels. times anybody will ever say that sentence. Well, he was like one of the first yeah. heels like
2: that I that I got.
1: Yeah, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, I he, was like, I understand what's happening. He loved the
2: gimmick too. He mm-hmm. thought it was getting him and DiBiase together was Money Inc. Awesome, good stuff. And uh, yeah, and uh, nicest guy. In fact, I am friends with his. Uh, I'm friends with his niece, a beautiful woman, Erin and uh, she's, she's such a kind man such a good man and mm-hmm. Bray and Bo are, are good kids And I mean she would go to the, at gatherings and see Barry Windham who I think might be one of the most underrated <laughs> workers I could do. we could do a whole show of underrated yeah. Barry Wyndham. oh my god it's a shame Barry got hurt put on weight and as Arne Anderson put it with Barry Barry was very happy to have a nice car and a girl on mm-hmm. his arm but Barry could work oh could Barry work <laughs> and um and she see Barry Wyndham. She see the late black Jack Morgan, Barry's mm-hmm. father. And I get, I assume she see Kendall Wyndham, Barry's brother, as well. So, but yeah, said so they're just
1: nice people, nicest people. So you got, you got a lot of interesting connections. I do. I like uh, uh, almost do another show about. Yeah, that it's one it's day. funny.
2: Yeah, it's funny who, who I who I've wanted into, met, or who yeah. I know knows people and
1: all that uh, yeah the six degrees of gary the yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's a link to it <laughs> but
2: it, and it's so mainstream in pop culture and and there's how many people have you had that you know kind of
1: secretly admit they like wrestling to you it's like what is this is this or open. people that light up when they find when you say that you like wrestling yeah. like oh I could talk about it's it it's that bond we talk
2: about like the, the, the love for rock and metal when you find a rock head and a metal head when you find a wrestling head your eyes light up the connection <laughs> yeah. and then you trade off the stories and all that my whole thing it's so funny I spent so many years back then trying to tell people to take this more seriously what these men and women do take it more seriously the the, the you know the level they put on what mm-hmm. they do and all that and he's like oh I'll try to take it serious then you turn on the mm-hmm. television it's Max Moon and Doink the Clown you're like alright yeah. oh, Right. my <laughs> argument sucks and then now I kind of try to find myself going yo lighten up a little bit mm-hmm. loosen up don't take this as seriously you'll have a little more fun with it so it was kind of like the reverse yeah. being 19, 20, 25 all that now being older it's like guys this is really can be a lot of fun and don't yeah. have so much venom
1: well, you, you? Me- you mentioned movies right early on like yeah. when your parents explained it to you so you are like well we like movies and we know that's not real yeah. I love the people who will quote unquote make fun of me that I like wrestling at no. 37 years old and they're like, well, you know it's not real, right? It's like, well, when I'm 37, I've been watching it <laughs> yeah. for 30 years, of course I'm aware like, of you're that. Just it. Like, but then what? they will rave about a movie like John Wick. And I'm right. like, well, you know Keanu Reeves didn't really do all that, right? Like, like, what is the difference? That's what I've been saying. But you know, you know what the difference is? One of them is happening live in front of 20,000 people in an arena, mm-hmm. in front of a few million people watching in this country, even more watching around the rest of the world. No stunt doubles. No, yeah. no cut. You know, it's action until they're done. Mm-hmm. So that is the difference. Because, yeah, what these guys do is more impressive than what you saw in that movie. The athleticism <laughs> that these men and women
2: do. The, 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 hey, you're talking about people who bitch when they get caught in a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, my God, we're 20 minutes away. I'm just like, try being on the road 300 days a year. Yeah. Now, I know they choose to do this. Yeah. These men and women choose it. But that, that's why that... Oh, that ring's padded. <laughs> Who's, who is that in this four of us, Have you ever been in a wrestling ring or touched one? That's not I when they did in um uh, shows at Washington Township High School when I got a chance to get mm-hmm. in the ring. And then, of course, now obviously in, uh, uh, an indie ring or a territory ring was a lot different than a, you know, a WWE ring right. or in, in terms of, you know, some quote. But, and the, the wrestlers will tell you that's not as soft as you think. Mm-hmm. That's not those mats that you see in gym class that they have going on. And how about for the longest time when there were no mats outside of the ring, when they land on the concrete? Mm-hmm. this And that's the thing my mom and dad always says like, well, these they are athletic. And look at the background of these individuals. They just, they they're not idiots. They know that the, 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 whether it's uh, college degrees, to athletic endeavors that they've been in, uh, other things. You know, and, and listen to here. Listen to some of these individuals talk mm-hmm. about the business. And everything, and it's it's. I can listen to a guy like Scott Hall forever. It's funny with Scott for the. Here's a guy who should have been better than what he was, but he, again, the demons, the problems. Because when Scott Hall wanted to work, Razor Ramon was one of the five best wrestlers from '93 to '96. Mm-hmm. You know what the NWO meant, but it, but of course, him and Kevin Nash got the big contracts, and we know mm-hmm. all the backstage stuff. But Hall could work. Hall had a look. He was a tremendous worker, and he has some good stories. And when he's mindsets there not only can work, he can be a great interview. yeah and he tells some interesting stories and I don't think they're lies. I don't think they're BS. Uh, but I mean the, the roads and that's another one thing I do miss is today I don't when you hear the road stories, it's how they play video games and yeah. like how they blog the road stories of the men and women from the past. Holy God! Not the same. Not the same <laughs> at all. Not the same at all. And the craziness and all that. And did you? Did you ever hear? Uh, oh God! <laughs> and
1: those guys were recognized. Yeah. Some, like not every guy. Yeah. But a lot of those guys were would go out and were recognized. People knew yes. they were. Seth Rollins could walk into almost any bar, in this area. Yeah. And he's got a good chance of nobody. Yeah. Nobody stopping him. Nobody yeah. talking to him. And it's a sense of
2: where we want disbelief in realism. There are times, and that's where Brett and Sean came in, where you're like, oh, they're, they're real. Mm-hmm. But then we got, we were in awe of Hulk Hogan, yeah. Hunter the Giant. You know, Undertaker <laughs> has that sense of realism, mm-hmm. but the dynamic of his character. Um, so, I mean, it's funny, we want both, but exactly. And, and it, they don't stand out as much, because... And that's <clears throat> pro and con, because, I mean, we know what a lot was going on with the steroids and all that. And you'll still have some slip through the cracks. And, like I said, I think the individuals will have a little bit longer they'll have longer lifespan, longer careers if they want it because yeah. I mean that that's a good part of it but the style's a little more mm-hmm. fast paced and high paced but yeah Seth looks like and I think a lot of people like that that's the regular guy but a part of me also likes the fact of, oh my God! When I was fifth row at a SmackDown and a Raw, the size of Kane, Triple H, and The Undertaker was mesmerizing. Yeah. Even Austin, the, the, I came with like that. It might be the largest man I've ever seen in my life in front of me, <laughs> and you know he was jacked and everything. So I was like, oh my God! So it's that sense of realism, but yes, the sense of suspend that reality of larger in life and the combo works. I, I think nowadays a lot of the fans. To shift away from the larger in life and like move more the realism.
1: Yeah. I kind of want to see the mix. Mm-hmm. That's me. Now, you just mentioned the size of, of the guys you just mentioned Kane, Undertaker, mm-hmm. those kind of guys. I went to the Performance Center uh, Ooh, a year and a half ago. Really? Mm-hmm. It, I heard it's the, phenomenal. The first tour, it's really cool, and it was a really fun day. Um, and the live event, when, when you first walk in there, you meet uh, Matt Bloom and uh, Sarah Amato. Right, yeah. You know, they're the two head, head trainers, coaches. Yeah. You go and you meet them, shake hands with them. You have to sign a WWE contract because it's the only way you're allowed. It's a one-day contract. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you're allowed on the premises. Um, and then they ask you, we're going to do a live event at the end of the day. Would you like to take part in it in some way and in what capacity? You could be a ring announcer. You could be an interviewer. You could be a valet. Uh, you could be the timekeeper. Like there's all There's a master of ceremonies. There are all different roles you could play. And I said, you know what, I I would say I'd either like to be an interviewer or a valet. I'd like to be a valet for one of the female wrestlers. That'd be I'd, awesome. li- I'd like to reverse the yeah. the gender role. And they made me an interviewer. So I don't know how much NXT you watch. I, I keep up with it, yeah. I, I, Did I do you watch. ever see Hugo Knox? Or yeah, no? he yeah. He was on maybe once or twice. Yeah. I had to interview the winner of the first match, which was Hugo Knox, who's not that big. He's maybe like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, mm-hmm. I stood next to this guy, and I felt like... This is a different species of man than what I am. Yes. That's how it was when we met Billy Gunn, at least for me. Yeah, well, uh, just for you,
0: Billy Gunn trumps just about anybody I've ever seen in person, like standing right next to that guy. Now, granted, he's now working in New Japan and doing stuff Mm -hmm. like that because they allow people to be on substances Mm -hmm. because he got (laughs) out of WWE because he violated... The protocol. But my God. Yeah. That dude was a brick shit house. So <laughs> like yeah. ev- ev- every yeah. bit of what yeah. six six four, four five. six five, mm-hmm. six, six, yeah, I think around yeah. that. Yeah, maybe two, six
2: yeah. What, two forty? Yeah. Him and Booker T. I Booker incredibly T incredibly just Bill. Mm-hmm. And the handshake. Yeah, he's a huge guy. And I remember because you were he at that one mm-hmm. hand i never forget. I, I went first to him. And, and I, I'm a, I wasn't the biggest DX guy. Yeah. But I have a lot of or respect. Billy yeah, mm. and Chuck Yeah. Well, you. I'm more of his ass man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Billy could work. I mean, the, 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 I respect what they So I'm never going to. So, yeah. but I was like, you know, you get to see Billy Gunner So I remember I was like, Billy, well, thanks for coming out the fence. Oh, and he gets up and he shakes. And, and I went first. And I think Derek went second. Russ went third. And I remember, I was like, holy God, that handshake. And then and I turn around, I see Derek's face in amazement, and Russ went, Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> they thought the same thing. Like, okay, you thought the same thing that, De- to quote Kevin Nash, because Kevin Nash made a comment about, um, Boogie goes, go, That is all man. Yeah, <laughs> that is all man, and holy God, was that all man. Now, when I was uh, real young, uh, the AWA went to uh, Washington Hedgehog High School. So we, we got tickets, and that's when uh, Austin Idol yelled at my friend and told him he mm-hmm. told his friend your mama. Uh, <laughs> and my friend. speaking of that, so now let's go back to nowadays. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a, a woman who was gonna sue because her kid was yelled at by Kevin Owens yes. or something? Am yeah, I correct? I feel like mm-hmm. Something. I, like I don't
0: know nature. if it was a lawsuit. Or, think didn't she, they, think moms she, against I think WWE. she just wanted
2: to get blog famous. Okay. And, uh, well, picture this. Now, now let's go back to a different era. So the match was Paul Woodruff versus Austin Idol. Then I'll get to my story. Mm-hmm. We're gonna backtrack here. So so we we got and. The, the AWA at the time, it was like Paul and Austin. I could see Junkyard Dog. Met the Junkyard <laughs> Dog, late J U um, Iron Mike Sharp was there, Brady Boone. In fact, we told Iron Mike Sharp where the locker rooms were. <laughs> really? Huge man, yeah. <laughs> late Iron Mike Sharp. And um, so Paul Anderson's fighting Austin Idol. And for Austin Idol out there, he had some good work in Mid South. We don't know, he did some good work with Jerry Lawler. He's managed by Paul Heyman with Tommy Rich. Um, so Paul a babyface at the time in this one. And uh, so my buddy. Is uh, And Kenny was a little older than us. He was my brother's friend, but Kenny wanted to go, so me and my buddy Bill were younger. So, mm-hmm. Kenny is six years older than us. So, um, Kenny starts jawing at Austin Idol, the heel, <laughs> doing the heel. And then, um, so, he's uh, he's joining him, and he said something, He's he goes, you suck, Idol. He goes, yeah, so does your mama, kid. Like that, so does your mama, kid. And guess what? It, it, we, Kenny starts cracking up. Do you hear what he said to me? He yelled at me. He said, my mom. And we're laughing. <laughs> Nowadays, like, how dare, let's go blog about it. It's, you know, so, so we got it. We were into it. So Austin Idol told my friend, your mama, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. And he got a kick out of it. And Austin was able to get away with it. We had fun with it. So anyway, point being, we, we got to meet the guys there. And they're, <laughs> the, late, um, the late Brady Boone. Who was uh, he was part of that Minnesota group with like uh, Barry Darso, Road Warrior Animal, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, Eric Bischoff? They all knew each. John yeah. Norda, who was berserker, so they all went together. And uh, Brady Boone wasn't tall, but boy was he jacked. In fact, if you ever get a chance, he was Brady Boone in the WWE. And they built him as Billy Jack Haynes' cousin, but I don't really think he was.
1: Yeah. Him. So, um, Jack, the short, short guy, but Jack. Billy Jack Haynes, a lot bigger than I remember.
2: Yeah, Billy was Billy was big. Mentally insane. <laughs> but Bill, Billy, Billy, this is the same guy who uh, Bret Hart told in his book that when he was in Canada to fit in with the other wrestlers that had cauliflowers, he had pliers in the van and was trying to twist his ears <laughs> to give himself cauliflowers. But, um. He got fit in. So, yeah. and if you can, if you want to do this, and. and at the point there was now four of us watching wrestling he was in WWF again briefly and I think 91 is Battle Cat where do you see the gimmick oh my look it up oh god <laughs> so we, we, to, we, um, we went to go meet him so we're getting autographs so we met John Care Dog we saw Iron Mike Sharp so we went over to Brady Boone and Brady Boone wasn't tall but, boy, was he... His arms... So he had a sleeveless shirt. He fought an armwork shirt. So he had his foot against the wall, and he was so cordial to both of yeah. us. And uh, he said, what's your name? He goes, I'm Gary. I'm Gary. He goes, I'm Bill. He goes, okay. And when he cuffed his arm like this, I'm doing it like in a hair, <laughs> his bicep looked like a bowling ball. And, like, it was like a cartoon that had bounced out and hit both of us in the face. <laughs> like, it was this big... I'm like, come My buddy Bill goes, she has arms. <laughs> and then, so we're 13 at the time, and... And I even says, I'd love to see you back in the WWF, Brady's He's like, thanks, man. He goes, you know, we'll see. You know, and he's like, have a good one, guys. Yeah. And, yeah, he comes back as Battle Cat. I got my wish. You know, but I didn't realize you were going to wear a furry mask. and be Battle Cat. His first thought coming through the
0: curtain yeah. as <laughs> Battle Cat was just like, damn yeah. it, Gary. Yeah, I know, but damn it, that little Little
2: do yeah, you know, oh, no, Not, not like year this. Year I know. Old. That was at the time when Tony Adams came back as Sabba Simba. Wow. Yeah, holy crap. Iron Sheik was Colonel Mustafa. <laughs> yeah, I remember that but uh, yeah I mean it, it's really it, it, that's the funny thing It's they're not jokes and but I'll tell you what in, in one area wrestling at times and Vince had a way to be a genius mm-hmm. and Vince had a way to not be so at times wrestling didn't help itself mm-hmm. with some scandals and some the way it carried And it's, like I said you try to you know, take wrestling more seriously trust me then you turn on your TV and you see Teal Hopper versus Barry Windham as the <laughs> stalker by the way the stalker where he was from he was from the environment they announced <laughs> him from the environment <laughs> he was from the environment, Ron, and Derek and her. He was from, check out the vignettes if you can, him as the stalker. He's camouflaged in the woods. Well, that's wow. almost as good as Damien
0: Demento. He was yeah. from the outer reaches of your mind. <laughs> that's fantastic.
2: Or in, in a good way, when Sid was, when Sid, and that's a career that should have been better than it mm-hmm. was if Sid wasn't, don't forget, this was the same guy where Vince told him, we want to make you the Hogan spot. He's like, I'm better as a heel. It's like, you understand what we're doing. We want yeah. you to be the top guy. I'm better as a He'll, okay, that's why you and Orange and stabbed each other. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> see, oh, Sid could get over, but he was clumsy with the promos, but mm-hmm. Sid had an amazing look. But when he was um, in WCW, when he was announced from anywhere he darn well pleases, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. The ruler but, of the world. Yeah. I'm the, and he had those good little things where he, I'm the ruler of the world. He even did it when, and Sid Justice rules the world when he was Sid Justice. So he had his moments, but everything was so short-lived. And he, he'd be in and out. And he would have a backstage issue or something. And mm-hmm. he had an amazing look. But, you know, I know Flair doesn't like him, obviously, because he tried killing his best friend. Yeah. but um, he was a monster. Oh, shit, it was incredible. He's still in good shape mm-hmm. and all that. And Sid had an amazing look, but you know, I guess some injuries, some backstage stuff. He flip flopped going to WCW and WWE. But um, yeah, he's one of those guys. I mean, still had a good career, still, I mean, was champ in both companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, he had more of his runs as a face, even though he yeah. thought he was a better deal. <laughs> but um, in fact, that, that was one that backfired on Sean because the crowd was cheering for Sid at the Survivor Series mm-hmm. match. Um, when uh, it was face versus face because he wouldn't work with Vader. Yeah. And, um, and the crowd was cheering for Sid and Boo and Sean. Well, think about the time. This is one other thing, too, why a lot of our group were Brett people over Sean and then we all thought Sean could, could work he could wrestle with otter it's a good match <laughs> uh, but you know when you when Brett you know the pink and black you know people knock pink but I mean still it was the pink and black that was established the Heart Foundation he yeah. gave the sunglasses to the kid he was the workman like he had the the grind that, you know he told you he was the best or as best he was but he was more of the go bring my lunch pail to work wrestle Sean was more of a show but when Shawn Michaels though it's a great match is doing the post match celebration and the pre match celebration and Ashless Chaps mm-hmm. dancing with children you're like I don't get that as a twenty-year-old. Yeah. It's like your in-ring stuff is awesome, but I'm not digging what you're doing with all that. So that was yeah. another like our group. We were kind of Brett it was people. There's like a disconnect. Yeah, but it was like, but dude, the guy's awesome. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, that's a weird dynamic. But you're gonna fight man. I mean, that's you know. weird, but the rest is yeah. It's good. like we'll take that away, you know. Other than other than that, other than your husband died, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? You know, but um, you know, it's, it's it's one of those it's one of those things. But it's like God, ah, it, and that's what we would be with him. It's like, well, well, he can work. So, but yeah, so it's uh, it's some of these we go in all different directions on the it show did. but yeah it's uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic how when you follow these individuals careers and you see mm-hmm. the ups and downs you almost feel like you're a part of it yeah. like I remember when you like Austin I remember when Austin was in USWA and I was like this guy's good then I remember he shot up the WCW and uh, I was like alright he's decent he's blonde beat Bob Eaton for the TV title I'm like damn this is quick yes. then all of a sudden he's in a dangerous alliance uh, I'm right. like I'm starting to <laughs> dig him then they, brought, they put him with Pillman I was like, oh. <laughs> and uh, and I tell oh yeah do the all oh, the camera room, oh. <laughs> And I don't know if you've ever had it and I'll ask you guys if you guys want to talk but uh he has my all-time favorite promo Steve Austin and it's not any it was an ECW in October 95 when he made his debut and he does how he's pissed off at the world mm-hmm. at WCW. Have you ever seen that mm-hmm. one? I I think from just promo. staring into the camera, <laughs> the talking and they had old outtakes of it on YouTube but uh it's chopped, it's gone. Yeah. You can hear when he's done, he goes, I'm going to be the superstar that I knew I could be, and there's no one, no one ECW that can stop me. You hear the, 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 the roster cheering him. As yes. that is, they're, they're clapping, they're clapping. But now they got rid of that one, and I think they have like a valuation copy. Mm-hmm. And it was just, that was my favorite promo. And that was at the time when, now at this point, I think there's two of us watching it, <laughs> hoping that it would get a little more serious. And I saw and ECW help with that. Um, they were they were a savior in 95 mm-hmm. for me As much as I got into hardcore I got out of it quickly But I saw some of those old names Like like I remember Ben Juan, WCW I got to familiar with him when he was Pegasus Kid, wrestling Jushin Liger Ron Simmons, 2 Cold Scorpio I got introduced to D. Malenko and, and, and Sabu and the Public Enemy uh, Raven came back as I remember Raven as, as Scotty Flamingo And Scotty mm-hmm. Anthony um, So it brought you back And then he cut that promo I was, remember, I was getting ready to go to the gym and I said, that might be the best interview. And I didn't say promo, The yeah. an interview I've ever seen. <laughs> Got done my work. My buddy Cream called me. He's like, "Did you see that still? You Austin interview?" I said, it was great." He goes, "I know." He goes, "It's so true." He goes, "How about his Dusty Rhodes impression?" And, I, and that to this day, I think. And, and you know, they, we talked about the CM Punk pipe bomb, which mm-hmm. was good. But that is still. I watch. I'm not kidding. I watched it yesterday. I watch it several times a month. It is, and especially if you're ever pissed off yeah. and you feel like you're being held down, which whatever, or so, watch that promo. You're like, I want to cut that so bad at work. <laughs> I do right now at my job. I want to cut that promo so friggin' bad at my job right now. Yeah, Um, we should freaking do it. We'll be the Hollywood blondes with no hair. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be we'll be the Gallows and Anderson uh, of of the (laughs) Delaware Valley. um, Maybe we should be. We should. I think it'll work. But yeah, it's. you know, it's so funny when you I can do them. the high kicks. You're the muscle of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's fine with me. We'll do that. I'll, I'll do the ground game. But, <laughs> but yeah, who has the hot Asian wife? I, I, I guess, well, uh, well, I guess you'd be you.
1: Because I, I, you'd yeah, be, be Car Anderson.
2: I don't, no, but I, I, would, I wouldn't but, mind. But I know oh, a pretty Asian girl, it. Yeah. but she has a boyfriend, but she'll nah. work the gimmick. <laughs> and by the way, do you ever take wrestling into, because I take it to real, I, I do wrestling angles at my job. Uh, you know I have. I do. I do. I know. Yeah, we I need to hear more of that. <laughs> oh. I have. Well, when I brought this IC title mm-hmm. in, and I did a test. I did. I, I The guys were rocking it. <laughs> my buddy
1: puts on it. He goes, look, I just beat the Honky Tonk Man. Isn't that funny, though? The, like, And I don't know if the guys you work with are the same way. Every male I've ever worked with at my current job has made fun of me or joked about me liking wrestling. But I bring a belt in. They're all getting their picture taken with it. They're all wearing it. Yeah, throwing it over their shoulder. won't put it down. It's like mm-hmm. almost like a fight over who gets to have it. It's like, "Oh." I know. It's so funny. It's <laughs> it's it's it's
2: one of those deals. It's uh, I'll do another analogy. It's it's for everyone telling you that they don't want to watch adult films and yet you look at the profit in adult mm-hmm. films. You look at the online sites now, mm-hmm. "No, I don't watch that stuff. No one, well, no one watches it." How do who, yeah. then how the hell does it get 2 million hits? <laughs> right. Same thing with wrestling. And now I know a lot that, and TV all around it, the ratings are low everywhere mm-hmm. for television shows, for TV movies. For news now, of course, what shot up was you know, with the election coverage. So news stations shot up, yeah. you know, like Fox and MSNBC. But wrestling, wrestling um, uh, viewership is down. But yet, when you look at WrestleMania, you look at the pay- it's it's sold out. You know, like Major League Baseball, they got its highest revenue two years ago, but TV ratings were terrible. The highest demographic was through older white males and older mm-hmm. Hispanic males like 37 and older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no Yeah. No one no one watched wrestling. No one, but when you bring this in to feel, to be a champion. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I, when I put the, I was like, I wanted to see the women at work uh, wear the belt. The guys yeah. were loving it and they like, oh, this really is cool. And I think with me, I didn't get made fun of as much Ron because it would happen here and there, but when they found out that it fit my personality, how passionate it was, and then when you found out that you were able to know a little bit more about it, mm-hmm, they were really cool with They're like, I wanna know more. Yeah. Speak wise, man, you yeah. know. So and it was really cool and then they'd share a story or two. So when I went to the and the girls were digging it. Um, so I put it. I put it around the one girl's waist. It, her waist was so tiny it didn't fit. So I was like, "Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ, this can't be my." Well, you're dropping to the floor. Yeah, but you know, she loved and <laughs> Take this in. Yeah. yeah, One girl. Yeah, one girl it was Get too. My be- Yeah, I know. One girl was too heavy for. I'm like, dear God. <laughs> and then the other one's like, I don't. I don't, don't want to wear it. I want to put. It. I said, like, we'll put it on your shoulder. She goes, okay. He's, like, he's laughing. I'm like, you don't want to wear it. Then the one she rocked it she put it around the waist she loved it she, she fit it properly she rang customers up with it I go that's, <laughs> that's my awesome. champion so I tell her so so I I nickname her I won't because I, I already if Lou is listening and now he knows that he had general awards at one time um, <laughs> but uh, I'll give her her name's Shannon so uh, and it was funny so one day and, and she she digs it. I dig it to her she's trying to go to the raw the go home mm-hmm. show she said she might be going because her boyfriend <laughs> likes it so, I, I'm, so I'm and we're going too we're, we're going, going to. We'll will you be there I'm most likely Okay. so, so I, I'm I'm loading up a new product I forget what beer it is and then it's called Sweet Fire and I'm bringing it up and I'm like Sweetfire Fire <laughs> Shannon, sweet. and I go, I go, Shannon. What's your last name? She tells me her last name. I go, I got your wrestling name. It's Sweet Fire Shannon or, or Shannon. Whatever, the Sweet Fire. She goes, I love it. Yeah. I was like, that's your Sweet Fire. That's your new nickname. He's like the Stone Cold Ice Tea. Yeah, or whatever it was, or the, the Stone the, Cold Two. Yeah, so. Lady Blossom is his ex-wife. Huh. Uh, Jeannie who was there at mm-hmm. uh, at the second wrestling. Loved club. you, right? I uh, know that, that was that was Gorgeous George.
1: That was Gorgeous, gorgeous George, George was the first
2: time. Gorgeous yeah.
1: George was enamored with Gary. And, and well, Eric was had the thing with Vicky Guerrero. Yes.
2: Yeah, had that one. And, mm-hmm. it, and of course, uh, Russ rocked it with Amber Gallows. Yes. Right, very uh, friendly. Uh, and, and then we all, then
0: we all the stood Amper around Gals. Mickey uh, James.
2: Just drooling out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know.
3: Stuff.
2: Now, yeah, I had a good talk with Veda Scott. I know, you did. You had a real yeah. good talk. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> now, I, uh, I, if I go, the, I plan on going to the next one. Brooke Tesmacher is there. Oh, really? Lordy. Like my goodness! Now I probably would like to meet her. Now I do have a thing where I tend to meet the the older guys from my mm-hmm. generation, or the young ones. I'll shake their hand. Yeah. But I, for pictures, I kind of want to do that, whatever. But uh, she's one I, I probably would like to meet and just wow. But with Mickey <laughs> James, it was so funny when we we're waiting in line. Mickey was hysterical because th- this is three yeah. grown men
0: standing there just doing nothing yeah. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> like we literally, like, literally right. we're standing we, at, and yeah. she's we would turn to right go you know. we lock eyes and we were standing right. there and literally I kept looking back at you guys like so are we gonna do it I know oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we, she's right, right here, here.
2: I, know. I guess we felt weird that we weren't gonna pay and just mm-hmm. weird but she was so friendly with everyone that was the biggest worry because I didn't I want I didn't want the other
0: people in line to be like exactly. oh well, he's just oh, yeah. getting it for yeah. free and she be something like put her in a bad spot yeah so
2: so that was that was the awkward thing I think if we all paid a her, I think We would have rocked it and all of us had pictures And we've been better But um I think that whole point Of being awkward Because I remember Her legs And I remember (laughs) So um so I remember we're waiting in line for Jimmy Hart who was awesome mm-hmm. oh my god and, it, and I and I look over and, I, and she was due there Mickey James and she was next to Jimmy and I look over I was like wow that woman's so pretty over there and so we're moving up in the line it looks like it looks like the line when Bluto John Belushi and uh, Animal House we're moving with the cut. so we're moving up closer I'm looking at all the memorabilia that's on the, the tables and I look over I'm like no wonder why that woman's so damn beautiful. It's Mickey James. <laughs> I was like, holy God, it was one of the prettiest women I've ever seen up close. Her legs were perfect, that split. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, was she gorgeous? She was friendly and engaging. But I think if we would have paid, mm-hmm. I think we would have rocked it better, but we didn't want to go over with it. Guess her. the bottom line is we were just cheap. Yeah, yeah we were cheap. <laughs>
1: that
2: well, think about <laughs> how much money
1: so we spent people. that day. Uh, you, yeah. a lot. So, I mean, Dude, you can only you can only pay to meet so many people. Exactly. Right? You, you, like, this you can this next line. This three this next lineup. Derek
0: and I were This next lineup, I mean shit if I end up going to it I could easily drop like $300 yeah. on that I'm
2: doing the Flair Steamboat mm-hmm. combo I it's met Flair like, too I met Steamboat really? I,
1: I would want to meet Flair like yeah. it's it's literally.
2: insane the yeah. Flair now that they have
1: or oh, Outsiders yeah yeah. you know National uh, uh, someone
2: else I saw there is pretty big Kali
1: aren't the Hardys there too Kali Colley. Kali's yes. big Colley's dude, yes Hardys are there yeah. um, literally
2: big yeah literally big uh, what was I was gonna uh, bring some uh, I'll probably remember it but um yeah, no, those WrestleCons are cool because you get to get up, up close and personal with them. And mm-hmm. they are engaging. They do allow you to, to go up and shake hands even without the, the thing. But that's why I think we do it so well where it's like, thank you for coming to Philly, love your career, make it brief, yeah. as opposed to, you know, have that whole con Because, you know, they're going to make money. We get it. Yeah, uh, and, you know, but also, too, it's... Yeah, yeah, I would meet Virgil. I don't know I would meet Dude, Virgil. I, Derek and I have I had Virgil. a social media
1: campaign. We want to take Virgil to Olive
2: Garden. <laughs> <laughs> so you listening,
1: we're paying... Not six, everything on us. Not me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about Derek if he wants to if he wants to split it, but I will pay to take more. Money. No, I got it. My friend mentioned. My him. cheapness
0: mm-hmm. cost me, Mickey James was. Yeah. I, I won't let it cost me anything. Right. You <laughs> weren't cheap that
2: day. You, you were paying a lot, but it, it adds up when you keep going 20, yeah. 20, 20, then a, a bit of a bigger name with clouds, mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50. It would have, have been worth
0: up. my time and money to spend it to at least meet her.
2: Yeah, she would have been cool. In to see. hindsight. And yeah, you get a. And what, And miles, she would have put mm-hmm. your arm around you and have been wonderful. Uh, she she yeah. made me feel like I was like 13. Yeah, so. uh, well, yeah, I, like I saw a fun. video of her um, with a guy. Guys, Grim, I think he does a YouTube thing, and pretty, a pretty good fan. I think, I think in the New Jersey area, he went to one of those and he met Mickey James, and he was awesome. In fact, he had the the camera. He's meeting her, and he, of course Mickey is very nice in the chest area, mm-hmm. and he has the he has the camera up like this or the, the camera phone, and he goes. She goes. That's a good shot. And he goes. I think I like this shot better. And, goes, <laughs> and she goes. Oh, she She slaps him on the shoulder. <laughs> she had fun with him. Yeah. So right there, he goes. I know. She goes. And she knew yeah, he was it's playing a good around total good sport about mm-hmm. it and all that and great news to hear I did meet Flair I met him at Walmart in an autograph signing in 2004 uh, the, the, uh, he was at the Wing Bowl obviously here in Philadelphia they said he couldn't have been nicer and more cordial and better and just so respectful and engaging. They said he really hit a home run mm-hmm. with the Philly. I mean, well, NWA was a big Philly country. And oh, it dude. He, he set, rocked set, that so, orange yeah. and black, too. Yeah.
0: Came <laughs> out yeah. with the Nature Boy jersey. Yeah, yeah. And his oh. line was perfect. It was just yeah. like, I probably have some children in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Rick is funny. Rick will wore out any type of jersey. Mm-hmm. If you remember, last year he supported the Panthers. This mm-hmm. year, the Falcons. He gave the 49ers a pep speech during mm-hmm. their 2013 Run to the yeah. NFC Championship game, yeah. And I remember he—I remember him doing a promo in '86, pumping up the Red Sox <laughs> against the Mets. Uh, you know, so um, and that was a different world after after watching WWE, WWF. You know, then you uh, then discovering NWA, yeah, which was wow. That was on channel seventeen mm-hmm. here. Yeah, then I whole discovered thing. Yeah, and did, did you discover? I mean, because I remember I I found UWF on fifty seven, which was great. Then I think one of the upper channels in the forties had mm-hmm. Florida wrestling. Yeah. Then ESPN eventually got AWA. Mm-hmm. It was on the tail end. It didn't get the best AWA. Didn't get the tail end tail end of that. Mm-hmm. Then you know, ESPN had USWA. Yep. Then global wrestling. I feel like I remember watching USWA like in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I remember watching it at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. watching, like, Bill Dundee against uh, Gary Young. Yeah, I I would watch it after school, too. Yeah, that's what I was a big Kerry Von Erich fan. So I remember, I remember, I had my pre-game meal before baseball. It would usually be a deli sandwich and okay. potato salad or soup or something. And I'd watch USW wrestling from four to five, and then golf would come on. I'm like well, that's my cue. And they'll get my uniform on, and then and go play baseball. But I would watch. I remember uh, seeing. The, that's how I first saw Steve Austin, mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Law would go in there, and uh, you know, it wasn't second rate. There was some uh, global wrestling. That's how I saw. I got introduced to the One Two Three Kid when he was a Lightning Kid. Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh Buff Bagwell at the time was the handsome stranger. Uh Scott uh Scotty Anthony, which was Scotty Flamingo Raven. Um Cactus Jack was there. I'd read about him in the magazines. I saw um they were known as the Ebony Experience which was Harley <laughs> uh, the Patriot Del Wilkes so I, I was very it's the same he had issues and injuries and drugs Patriot. I liked the Patriot when they brought him in I'd say that her
1: Angle music I'm pretty sure yeah,
2: yeah, was yeah. Patriot. he was good and, and yeah, it's fun fortunately uh, Michaels and Triple H weren't fans and there were right. some issues there. but then he got hurt and he had a drug problem Del Wilkes I, mean, I, I, I remember seeing Del Wilkes as the Trooper um, in AWA, where mm-hmm. he teamed up with the guy DJ Peterson. hey uh, like you said, you follow these careers, and the magazines were so helpful. That's how I found out who the Kerry Von Eric was. That's how I found out they were having a few with the Freebirds. That's how I found out the death of Gino Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought the Von Erich's name was Von Erich. You know, when they used to n- take the one-man gang and, and say, OMG, I thought it was a wrestler called Omg. I'm like, oh, it's one-man gang. They just initialed it. You know, I'm like, who's Omg? I'm like, oh, that's one-man gang. I'm like, Gary, yeah, you, were,
0: you weren't so much a fan of the handsome stranger, right? Uh, no, it was an awkward gimmick. He had a Lone Ranger mask. You weren't as big into him as you were the romantic
2: touch. Oh, yes. (laughs) The romantic touch was phenomenal. I popped at Ring of Honor for the romantic touch and then he jobbed out in four seconds. (laughs) I was like, he's a a heartthrob with a mask.
0: He's a heartthrob with a mask. Gary, literally, you popped harder for the romantic touch than I think almost anything else to happen the
2: entire time. I did. It was so funny. Yeah, because I liked our first Ring of Honor show we went to better than the second Mm -hmm. one. Was the first one in the armory? Yeah, the first one was that I was understand. the one where we we started the Moose move. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We started. Yeah, we were big Moose fans. Moose Nation, the moose. literally <laughs> since day one. Yeah, um, that was funny. That and that was some good work because I mean, yeah, you, you had the um, uh, Daniels and Kazarian against the Young Bucks, and then you had um and then you had I like the Silas Young Kendrick match. Yeah. True classic face heel. Uh, yeah, but Brian Kendrick. Yeah, the Brian Kendrick mm-hmm. was doing that. But uh, yeah, because I, I, I thought that main event was a lot of overkill and that's what I think of the problem with Indies. It's so much overkill. It's like, if you can hit your target with one bullet, why shoot 17? Yeah. You know, what was that finish they did on, which i always a big fan of Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel. They did that like triple, triple spike, uh, yeah, pile driver yeah. into a Styles clash. Mm-hmm. Into I'm like, what the hell? You got it. You had him beat with one move. Triple but, shooting star. Yeah, it was uh, too much going on <laughs> yeah. in that. Right. Uh, and that's the thing with India incredible talent but yeah I popped for the romantic touch he was a heartthrob that had a bow tie and a mask I'm like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen that he jobbed out I mean, like of course the one thing I like in your show you job out but yeah it's that, the, the handsome stranger and that's a funny thing too With it's, they always say X-Pac heat yeah he was influential in a way to where I never hear anyone talk about it. He came into the time where no one was his size. Yeah. No one was doing what he was doing. And the WWE would never thought about bringing a guy there in like 86, 87, 89 like that. And for him to come in, I remember when they brought him in. And uh, he had all like the cannonball kid. The kid mm-hmm. he was losing to Bam Bam Bigelow. Who come to think of it, Wyndham and Bigelow for me might be the two most underrated workers in the history <laughs> of the business. Bam Bam was great. Yeah. Um, and then, then he
1: lost. And I think Doink. I'm
2: like, oh, that's, we didn't call him Jobber. I don't know what you guys called him, Ron. We called them wimps.
1: You know, that was our yeah. I was term. definitely not using the term Jobber no, at the time. I no. was using Jobber till like the 90s. Right, and that's like, right. mid to late 90s. And
2: now the importance of a Jobber is so underrated because mm-hmm. that person would sacrifice him or herself to get the crap kicked out of him for six minutes so that person can get over and look good. Well,
0: yeah. they just did that overall roll. Yeah, yeah Strowman just got Strowman five five does that. men And they do that with Carmella now. She's men. fighting the indie mm-hmm. circuit of women with Ellsworth, which. Is awesome. yeah. yeah, so
2: yeah, and then and I'm like, wow, they're having this guy. Oh, that's weird. I mean, he was fighting Jerry Lynn, and uh, and then he went to Marcus Bag. I was calling him Marcus Bag. I was like, hey, in, in Global. I'm like, okay. And then the the upset on Monday Night Raw with, mm-hmm. with Razor. I'm like, oh,
1: I see. You know, I still remember underdog. that pinfall and his face. Yeah. Like yeah. to this day, like yeah. vividly. Yeah, it
2: was a very awkward pink because it was a it was a '69 of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it was, <laughs> but, it was a, but it was an incredible moonsault mm-hmm. and how it came out of nowhere. But yet yeah, his face and the excitement, the crowd popped and they lit up for it and all that and uh, it was a very big influence at the time that X Pac had. And if I ever met because he was at the well, I think he's gonna be at the show again, I would say that to him. But because that gimmick, that character at the time in '93, you weren't getting that. With yeah, the, it
1: was very different.
2: Yeah, it was very different. And like I said, he, he was he was very thin and all mm-hmm. that. He broke in the business very young. But, yeah, I got into him in global wrestling, and, and that's the thing. Like I said, that's the thing. You, you almost like follow the pieces of their career, and it's a
1: part of you. Well, it's almost like a living – like, you know, the the uh, cliché of like the parents marking the wall as yeah. you grow up. It's like a living marker of your growth as a yeah, human being. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've heard some people say, like, that's the Olympics. Gary Goldman, comedian, has made this joke. Like the Olympics, it's every four years, it reminds you of what you haven't accomplished the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> but wrestling, wrestling is, yeah, like you, you remember how old you are, what what you were doing yep. based on what happened in wrestling. Yep. If you've watched it all this time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it like marks the, the time in your life, yeah. basically. Yeah, it does. I'll, I'll, I'll do another quick story. So, mm-hmm. even though they don't do it as much, and I,
2: and I always liked The King of the Ring, but I know it wasn't as successful. And when they did the big five at the time, it was generally yeah. the weakest of pay-per-views. And I remember now the business was. Now, at this point, I am the only one watching it. <laughs> so, we're talking, we'll go back to June 1995. <laughs> this is the big the summer of Mabel, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, God rest his soul. Point to the sky. By the way, did you ever, no, I'm backtracking, can't help it. Did mm-hmm. you hear the Teddy Long story about Viscera? Yep. He used to take Viagra in the locker. Room just to have an erection yep. so I'm
3: sitting
0: I'm sitting Teddy Teddy logs the way that he tells it because it's classic Teddy it's the only way that he could possibly do it because he has that inflection yep. in his voice mm-hmm. it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to get ready and his dick's hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy's great it's like oh. I'm just trying to like get my gear together oh. and everything to go out to the ring and this man's sitting here and his dick's yeah. hard yeah <laughs> Halo's <laughs> Uncle Teddy. Yeah.
2: I <laughs> to, to always have, always would enjoy it. I loved Halo. He was a great manager with Doom, with Simon, Ron Simmons and, and Butch Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but legendary tag team specialist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, Doom, I do. I love you. We're going to make this yeah. a tag team oh, yeah. match. Tag
0: team. More, you can do one on one with the Undertaker. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good impression. Uh, and Teddy counted the three when Steamboat beats uh, Flair to win the NWA title in February. it's Always funny to go back and see Teddy Long in the stripes. Yeah, and then he had the, he had the, the long hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So the, so we go back to 1995. And this is yeah. when Mabel won the case. What the film. Yeah. So and he got yeah. trashed yeah. <laughs> uh, on Yeah, yes, yes. So I um, and this goes back to senior year, and that's what you were talking about. How, they, how you could take it like sports and movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, when that movie came out, or when that team won, or whatever. I was in that grade or that era, and we it was so it was graduation party, bathing, yeah. going on. So we we're going <laughs> everywhere. So it was double dipping that day. So went the graduation party in Philly for my one friend, who he's from. Obviously went to school with me, but mm-hmm. his, he had roots in Philly. They have under the hall in Philly, so we did that. Then at night. Was my other friend her her graduation party? And now CM Punk would be proud. I don't drink, I don't smoke. Yeah, yeah, so straight, straight edge. edge, straight edge. So I I've had the shaved head now, I belonged in it. Where I could have been, your Luke Gallows. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so I was. So, uh, and she was friends with a group that did a little mm-hmm. more of that so at the time Ron will be familiar with this mm-hmm. one remember the box that had yes, all the illegal pay-per-views mm-hmm. Spice Channel if you yeah. there the pay-per-views boxing or wrestling and um, so now and I love rock and metal but I never was the biggest Pink Floyd fan always yeah. had the biggest respect for Waters and Gilmore and everything but not the biggest fan of music so they were getting ready to smoke in a circle like okay shit this mm-hmm. is not me and they're good, uh-huh. so. I'd, and by this point, I've had like seven meatball sandwiches previously. <laughs> so I've had, yeah, I've had yeah, a ton of food. Insane. Yeah. So I'm very. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so full. So I just keep eating all I day. Did, I just love how that's
0: that's <laughs> normally where the story would be. Like by then, I'm seven beers in. Yeah, yeah, I know. Seven meatball like sandwiches. So, yeah.
1: so by then, seven meatball sandwiches. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah. what I was thinking. Then I was like, wait a minute. He just said he doesn't drink or do drugs, so it's yeah. not does so what it, what he seven meatball sandwiches? All right. Yeah. So I'm just as good.
2: So then, probably four roast beef sandwiches, and stuffed shells. I'm like, I am a fat. After. So I can't move. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, and my friend knew she didn't like, I didn't like to do this. So I'm like, wait a minute, the king of the rings on. She has the box because we would talk about how, how she had that. And she, yeah. I saw that. I thought of you, Gary. I saw the I'm like, yeah, watch it. So I didn't even watch it scramble for God's sake. So I'm, uh, so my God, like, oh, I was like, Mandy, I was like, you know, this is not my thing. I said, like, do you mind if I? If I, could, I said, "We okay if I went in your house and, and watched The King of the Ring?" <laughs> she goes, "No, are you sure? Like, that's fine." I said, I'm, "I don't mean to be, you know." And I'm, I was friends with that group. Yeah. A lot of them were my in-school friends, but I knew some of the mm-hmm. stuff outside. She goes, "Yeah, that's fine. You no know, problem, whatever." And um, just, so I went in. I said so. I watched the entire King of the Ring, and I'll never forget. A uh, uh, good Steve came in. A good guy's like, "Yo, no, Steve, what are you doing? Watching wrestling?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching Mabel versus Savio Vega. That's the finals of the King of the Ring." He's like, "Oh, okay, dude." <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, my, uh, <laughs> and at one point, my friend she came in to check on me. She's like, "Hi," so she, she gave me a, a friendly kiss. Mm-hmm. She's good. She's good. What are you doing? I said, uh, "I was like, oh, I'm watching." It, 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 Bret Hart's fighting Joey Lauren and Kiss My Foot match. She so goes, Oh, okay. If you want to come back, no problem. Says, yeah, I'll be out when it's over. Gary, how are you doing? Terrible. Right, terrible. And the whole time I'm watching, I go, This pay per view freaking sucks. I was like, Mabel beat The Undertaker? Why the hell the, is the roadie in this tournament? I go, The main event is Tatanka as a heel and teaming up with Sid against Bigelow and Diesel. I was like, God, this sucks. I was like, No wonder I didn't go to this. I was like, But I don't want to smoke pot. So comfortably, well, read, but I'd yeah. rather watch it so so I'd rather destroy myself. That way. So I'm like, <laughs> I was like I don't want to do this, so I stayed in, and then I went back to the group, and they were high as a kite, and I was pissed as as uh, I don't know anything because I was like <laughs> that King in a Ring stunk. <laughs> I was like, but at least I wasn't around marijuana for three hours. So yeah, so I chose the 95 King. Maybe I should have smoked pot, and the drugs would have solved me from watching that. But you might
1: have killed less brain cells if you. But, smoked but you pot. might yeah. not have <laughs> been <laughs> the one. You might not <laughs> have been the one guy still watching though. I might not right have been now, the one guy. In the, oh, yes. So you <laughs> You were the last holdout. I'm not going to lie, Mabel versus Savio
0: Vega high would probably be an experience. Yeah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> <to see that. laughs> yeah. It's like, that guy's
2: so big. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Quang versus uh, the Harlem, because he was a part of the Harlem Knights. It's Quang versus one of the members of the Harlem Knights, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was Quang. He was from Japan. Vince, I can make a man from Mexican be a Japanese master. man. I know. <laughs> well, they made a Samoan be a
1: Japanese sumo yes, wrestler. Yes, Yoko.
2: Uh-huh. And just think, for three years, they had the ringmaster and sultan gimmicks in the back. And then finally, Austin took the ringmaster, because I think it was originally going to be offered to Brian Clark, who was Adam bomb, and they wanted to offer Sabu the sultan. And then when Rakishi came back, when he was too and he came back like, I got an idea, you're going to be the sultan.
3: <laughs>
0: Sabu <laughs> wouldn't take it, that
2: ungrateful man. You're going to take it.
0: Well, Austin was only the ringmaster, so he could one day transition into Chili McFrost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those names. Oh,
2: my God. Ice. Dagger. Dagger. Yeah. Baron Von Ruthless. Frosty oh the Wrestler. <laughs> You know, it's, it uh, was his face full dog Joey you know, McFreeze <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the? oh god Fang McFrost yeah. what the hell the way it?
0: that Austin breaks those down on that TV is yeah. so funny it's just like they don't get much more suck ass than
2: oh, no. that no they wanted to call Vader the Mastodon he wanted to call uh, Foley Mason the Mutilator mm-hmm. oh it's awful <laughs> Foley's story on that's yeah. hilarious
0: I knew I was dead in the water if I let him call me Mason the Mutilator yeah. Yeah. just think about the, he
2: has like someone's gonna be the ringmaster Clark didn't take it someone's gonna Austin let's give it to him give it like, to Stunning Steve yeah I know give it to him and it'll work you didn't even know who Austin really was mm-hmm. and all that but uh yeah it's it's funny with some of the stuff How, in Wrestlemania 7 the original plan was to have Tugboat be the one that becomes the Iraqis he was gonna be Sheik Tugboat
1: wow A Sheik Tugboat <laughs> versus Hulk Hogan that I did not know yeah,
2: yeah. thank goodness you didn't know that my god yeah Tenta. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> on Bruce um, on Bruce Prichard's podcast he, he revealed that he was gonna be Sheik Tugboat and said they gave it to Slaughter, and it made more sense, he, yeah. you know, but all that, but yeah, it's, it's crazy what happened and what didn't happen and what went over and... Yeah, what could
1: have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's such a fun business. It, it is, it really it's awesome. Is. Now, favorite match of all time, do you have one?
2: Oh, I got a plethora. We could be here for 17 more hours. Um, I'll, I'll use, um, I'll, I'll say a few. When we did a podcast, when we did our favorite WrestleMania matches, now obviously there's great matches other mm-hmm. than Mania, um, the three that I chose for me was Steamboat Savage because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was such a trend trendsetter uh, so I guess the, so we go to 05 That was 21 Angle Michaels mm-hmm. and, uh, and of course his Steffel Taker were great at Wrestlemania but that one was oh just pure That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. just sat back and said just I'm going to enjoy this one and uh, for me uh, to another one uh, Bret Austin uh, Bret Hart Steve Austin Wrestlemania uh, Wrestlemania 13 the uh, No Holds to Barred match which was incredible and another match that's so underrated with them is Survivor Series '96 with Brett's comeback. He made the mm-hmm. comeback and he chose Austin yeah. to wrestle, and uh, just just incredible uh, when Steamboat beat Flair in '89. Uh, their two out of three falls match. I mean, I could keep going. Oh my goodness, Rock, anytime Rock and Roll Express Reynolds Midnight <laughs> Express. I'll probably. How about some of yours? I'll, I'll think of brainstorming a few other ones too.
1: Yeah, that one's a tough one for me too. But so this may come across as a little bit cliche, mm-hmm. but. For me, I think my, the match I like to watch back the most... My favorite match of all time is WrestleMania three Steamboat Savage. Yeah, mine too. But the one I watch the most is Bad Blood, The Hell in a Cell, yes. Taker, and Michaels. Fantastic. Because had never been done before. Uh, for, the, for what the story was, Michaels has his guys behind yeah. him who are always going to interfere. Mm-hmm. Keep them locked out. They're locked in. They can't get in. Michaels can't get out. This structure we've never seen in WWF before. Michaels being the reluctant European champion. It's one of my favorite promos. He even even buries the the Euro Euro championship in that promo. Wow. Um, Saying, thank goodness this match is not for my coveted European championship. (sighs) Does not care. Um, And a little known fact that a lot of people have not noticed. Triple H is in the background wearing his Seinfeldian puffy shirt. Yeah. And... Doc Hendricks, I believe, mm-hmm. who is also known as Michael Hayes, Yes. Yeah. Um, is interviewing, and Triple H tries to get a word in before they end the promo, and you hear him go, you yeah. know, and it just cuts off. <laughs> it is and, and so great because obviously we know what Triple H turns into. Yeah. And you just see him just get completely blown off <laughs> yeah. in, in this instance. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. But that match, to me, you see so much of what made Michaels so great mm-hmm. selling the beating. Uh, with the way nobody else could um, delivering a, a believable beating to the Undertaker, like when this is one of the things I say this about Alexa Bliss a lot, I say this about Sasha a lot. They're so they're small, but the way they carry themselves, you don't see them as small when they're in the ring. Yep. And Sean was small, but when when he has the Undertaker on the ropes. You're believing that he's doing it. And then right. Jim Ross obviously playing a huge part in that. Like one of his favorite terms to call Michaels is double tough. He's double tough. Yeah. like yeah. And saying in, in a big match, you know, nobody outperforms Shawn Michaels. And Jim Ross tells the story beautifully. Michaels tells the story beautifully. The Undertaker and him together are great. Yeah. Because just the size difference, the way they both work. And then, of course... The spot where Michaels ends up landing on the cameraman, and he beats up the cameraman, and Vince, the, the like foe, distressed. Oh, the, the family of the ca- yeah. the cameraman, it, like, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. They have to they have to open the cage, and Michaels scurries out. Mm-hmm. And then there's the spot where he drills his head into the side of the cage, yeah. the blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. They end up on the top of the cage. I remember the blood dripping from the cage onto the camera. Yeah. Um. Obviously, in the back in the ring. And just when you think Michaels is defeated, the debut of Kane, yeah. that's got to be Kane! Yeah. Rips the door off the hinges. You see him for the first time. Michaels gets the victory, obviously, which leads right into the Montreal screw job the next month. Yep. That match, to me, is so much fun to watch. Um, I was doing backyard wrestling not too long after that, and I was modeling a lot of stuff I was doing after stuff he did in that match. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of the the Dan actually the Daniel Bryan Triple H opener to WrestleMania very, 30, yeah, because it was obvious he had to win. Like, why would you have that match at right. the beginning if he wasn't going to make it right. to the end? But that he got a clean win with his finisher for everything anybody wants to say about Triple H, he has his uh, issues with yeah. burying people, yeah, or yeah. Not putting people over. But to me, that he went over clean in the middle of the ring, 1-2-3, yeah. meant a lot. And that match meant a lot to me because that was when I was starting to really get back into wrestling after a hiatus Mm -hmm. and loved that match and to me that outshines the the main event of that yeah it was a great terrific match Um, match. I'm trying to think if there's maybe one other well Bailey and Sasha Banks at Take Over Brooklyn. Is yeah. One of my absolute sure. favorites.
2: And that and that's one something that's good to say. And I, I've said this in the past that when it comes to women's wrestling, before I would say I take it or leave it. If it's good, great if it's not, it's not. But I, I think with this this group now, it really has taken over the athleticism mm-hmm. they can do and uh, they've been spotlighted and highlighted more and there's a lot of talent. I mean the Trish Lita stuff was good. Mm-hmm. Then you have badasses like Sherry Martel and Medusa. I mean, there there were, but what they can do now, uh, the beautiful women and the matches and the maneuvers they can do, it's really cool. And and it's nice to see that Nenex the the four horsewomen, they call them. It's really cool to see. It -hmm. it really is. And uh, that was a good one. I I went back, I watched that. I didn't watch it live. I went back and said, wow, that that really was cool. And Mm -hmm. the crowd was into it.
1: And it was was classic face heel. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Which was nice. Yeah, those choices are great. Uh, One other one I just thought of. So I mentioned to you, I think, off the air, maybe even mentioned it on the show. One of the things I like so much is there's so many different ways to watch and appreciate wrestling. Yeah. And I like a lot of it. I like story more so than, like, the technical wrestling. Yeah, sure. Uh, The Austin-Vince steel cage match, when it was like you were waiting to see him just annihilate Vince. And Vince takes that awful bump onto the table, where he (laughs) lands, like, on the spine of the table. Yeah. (laughs) That... I, I believe they went at it for like a half hour before the bell ever even rang. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Vince may have even been busted open and bloodied before yeah. the bell ever even rang. I remember watching that with my friends. in St. Uh, Valentin. yeah, Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was that the topical. debut of Big topical. Show? Yeah, very yeah, topical. Yeah, right, Jay. Yeah, we're not too far from it. <laughs> that, that was the debut of Big Show, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that was through cool. Rain, that through was Austin, cool. through the side of the cage, and he ends up on the floor. Yeah. Um, that was a yeah, good dynamic. But to me, that was like Austin and Vince... Were obviously the story for so long and yeah. just seeing him get his hands on vince and lay that beating on vince it was awesome yeah it, it was, was incredible
2: good. the classic old school my goodness, when is the heel gonna get his ass kicked by the babyface mm-hmm. and it finally happens? And that's the one cool dynamic that used to happen with wrestling where they wouldn't touch. And then when finally then every now and then that baby face would run in the ring and he'd get his hand and the heel would run yeah. out. You're like, get <laughs> him, get him. But yeah, all good. And uh yeah, the um and it's funny with the triple H stuff during that 03 to 05 reign is when a lot of people were bitching about triple H mm-hmm. and not putting people over. And then that was the right thing to do. I mean they that's I think that WrestleMania, the fans were right and that was Brian's spot and that's what it has to be. But I think the fans, a lot of those smart fans won't admit how wrong they were the next year in the Reigns-Lesnar match and, and all that and the Rollins running. How people went into that mania thinking it wasn't going to be good and it was really good mania. It was. Top card. As before, the year before, we were the fans were saying, like dude, just give Brian the shot. Just mm-hmm. give him the shot. And the way they did it was awesome because he beat Evolution, yeah. which was cool. And uh, Triple H can work. I mean, he can work a match. He knows the ins and outs. It's old school style, classic heel when he's mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, the bad blood was great. And again, Michael's wasted so much of that year. Now, with the European belt, the belt came in basically right because the, the, that's when they're doing such great business in Europe, yeah. and so they wanted to have a champion over there. Bulldog was supposed to win mm-hmm. that pay per view, but a certain someone wouldn't do business, <laughs> and that belt kind of got hurt because they started to get big again. And then when you have Shawn Michaels desecrating it, yeah. and then handing it over to so that's one thing I but yeah, but but the character was awesome, how he just doesn't give a crap anymore. Um, but the, his stuff with Taker, in 97, it only took the WWE seven years to finally realize what Undertaker could do. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll finally put you in the ring with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Well, what do you know? <laughs> you know the matches were great. The summer, the, the other great match, the SummerSlam 97 match with mm-hmm. Bret and um, with Taker, which mm. set up Shawn Michaels' heel turn. Yeah. Uh, which set me up to heckle Shawn Michaels at a Raw at a <laughs> in... Uh, in um, in Atlantic City, but that was good. another good one too—an old school one. Going to NWA, Magnum TA versus uh, Tony Blanchard and I Quit match. Mm. Fantastic, fantastic match. And when I think he had the the spike in his in Tony <laughs> quits, he has it right in his eye. Really, really believe. it. And Magnum TA was going to be a star. Then he had the accident. Um, it's just so much good stuff. Yeah, that that I that's still the best Hell in a Cell match. I mean, that was just that was and that, like you said, I think it was perfectly designed. That and the uh, the Brett uh, Austin match 97 was an interesting time because the top of the WWE card was great. Mm-hmm. Mid-card was kind of rough. Yeah. You went over to WCW. The top of the card had the great names, and mm-hmm. the veterans, but that's when the money was big mm-hmm. and you got some lazy work. The NW was a great angle, but you're getting some lazy work. But the mid-card and the cruiserweights were great, and they were stealing the show. They just wouldn't elevate them. Yeah. and that's what the, WCW did a nice job of introducing you to the cruiserweights, but they never elevated them. Yeah. So the top of the card was good in WWE, but the, the bottom was it. Eh, but then eventually the mid-card got up, and boom, you have the attitude there. Mm-hmm. But you know you could start to see the signs of the Rock and Triple H getting there. Shamrock came in mm-hmm. which was nice. I um, think also
1: very underrated.
2: Shamrock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Shamrock. He was an angle type and then yeah, uh, yeah he left into I like Shamrock a lot. A-, a good dynamic and great match with the Rock for mm-hmm. the inter- That was a great intercontinental feud with him and the Rock. Yeah. Great dynamic with them. Um had a good match with well, That match was good with Michaels. Michaels was in such a different spot. But mm-hmm. those two matches, Brett versus um, Austin at WrestleMania 13, and then Shawn Michaels versus um, Undertaker, the debut of the Hell in a Cell, had that old school feel. It mm-hmm. had that classic. And WWE was finally starting to turn over the product to say, like, okay, you're taking it more seriously. Yeah. And they did get a little too over-the-top in ways with the Attitude Era. But 97, if the mid-card was a and they were just getting there. They're still getting beat in the ratings. But, man, that Hart that Foundation-Austin dynamic was great. <laughs> um, it's a shame what happened with the screw job. But, um, that, yeah, the Bad Blood, great match. That was an awesome, awesome, awesome Hell in a Cell match.
1: Yeah, I yeah. still often quote, and actually, Russ, I think I texted you word for word, the Michael's aspect of the vignette for that match. <coughs> with the, it sounds to the best that I could tell, you and all the fans in the world, Wrestling Federation, are dumping this in my lap. <laughs> uh, I, I could go into the rest of it, but I, I'm not going to right now. Yeah. Uh, with, uh-huh.
0: with full inflection. Yeah, Oh, I, yeah. I texted oh, yeah. it to
1: him with each word each highlighted word and bolded yeah, yeah. where it was supposed to be. Now, run. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not a cook, I'm not a chef or anything, but if I were to prepare a steak to the toughness specifications of Shawn Michaels in that match, how much would I make someone pay for said steak? How much would it cost?
1: I don't know. I guess it would be... Double what a normal steak would be, right?
0: I'm thinking I would make it a two dollars
1: steak. That's great. That is how tough he was. He yeah, was doubly tough, without a doubt. Yeah, and that's what Brett
2: and Sean had. They were the, they weren't the biggest guys, but they were believable that mm-hmm. they could beat the giant and the, the big guy and that uh, Showmakers could beat Sid or, or Brett could beat Yoko. And, and that's that. where
1: commentary, I think, plays a huge part in, yeah. in making you, helping you to believe, like helping yeah. you along to believe that. Absolutely, and that's, Jim Ross did a wonderful job of that. Gorilla did a good job with
2: that. Yeah, getting them over that way, I mean, it's tough when Vince will say, he's like, don't call the moves.
1: I what a, I We're calling, removing uh, Michinoku uh, driver. I know, I know, just, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, no.
2: First of all, it's planted. the no, planted him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and planted Rans them. right there. Them. And, uh, Well, I always joke and say how uh, they say Shawn Michaels winning the title at '96, at, uh, the belt '96. Mm-hmm. Winning the belt '96 was his boyhood dream, and I said, "Well, Shawn Michaels was Vince's boyhood wet dream, mm-hmm. the way he would do it." And I... I oh, if you go back...
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> Harry, Harry, right what, about the, what about the thing? It's like, I don't know.
2: The way that Bret Hart so wrestled going, tonight... Yeah. Go ahead. 96 Survivor Series. <laughs> Bret versus Austin, which one of my favorite matches. It was fantastic. <laughs> old school. They're doing pile drivers. The Garden Pop for Bret. It was a great, great match. And Jim Ross was doing the commentary with Vince. There might have been a third, but it was definitely Jim and Vince. And um, Jim Ross goes... I uh, guess with Bret Hart's return, I'll oh, add Liblo, with mm-hmm. Bret Hart's return performance tonight. The way he performed and won or whatever, I don't think there's anybody in the world that could have beaten him tonight, including our champion Shawn Michaels. And Vince was going, he goes, oh, I don't, know, I don't know about that. I don't, know, I don't know about that. So he just passed. He's like, how dare you? I just lost my erection. How dare you? Where's Viscera's Viagra? You know, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, another one. Uh, now the, the 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 classic ladder match with um with Michaels and, and Ramon mm-hmm. at, and Hall at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, 10 (laughs) then they tried to do the one in SummerSlam 95 both his baby faces it it didn't work it was right. they couldn't use the ladder as a weapon Mm -hmm. I I believe it was this match so here comes, now, you know, you pretty much know, I'm now at the time 18, you pretty much know Michaels is going to win. He just yeah. won the Intercontinental, but he's not going to lose that quick mm-hmm. at all. So, Ramon, mm-hmm. and then, um, so I'm like, okay, so Hall, Ramon comes out doing his thing, he gets the pop. Shawn Michaels comes out, he's dancing all around, and they're like, and all of a sudden they're like, all right, I forget, it wasn't Todd Pettengill, it was another merchandise guy, he's like, so-and-so <laughs> has a merchandise update, and this, this guy just, Shawn Michaels hat, Shawn Michaels shirt, Shawn Michaels poster. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels is like yeah he goes over to the guy and points and his music plays Like, get your Shawn Michaels merchandise I'm like well Jesus Christ you give more clues than friggin OJ to this crime here I wonder who's winning this one like I think I think OJ left more less clues I'm like you're just plugging Shawn Michaels everything before this r- return intercontinental match from two years ago and you have two baby faces in the ring and it's just all this merchandise you're like well geez I wonder who's. Winning this thing—it's yeah. like God Almighty. Could you get any more erect, Vince? It's oh. like
1: it's like how uh, the Empire Strikes Back—a little bit of a spoiler of a yes, title. Yes. Return of the Jedi—also yes. a little bit of a spoiler of a title. Very true. Uh, they spoiled it before they it even
2: happened. They did. It still was okay. We're like, oh my God, it ends. But uh, it, it's funny stuff when you pick up on that stuff. and But that's what makes you... And guess what? I still watch the whole damn match. Yeah. And I still I still reference it now 20,
1: 21 years later, you know? Uh, two more things I specifically yeah. want to get to before we wrap it up. I know you're a pro-Roman guy. Yeah. Um, this is a pro-Roman podcast. Cool. What are your thoughts on... John Cena. Now, the reason I ask, we yeah. talked about SummerSlam a little earlier. I mentioned my disdain for the Botchamania stuff. Mm-hmm. I mentioned my disdain for the booing during the Balor Rollins match. Another thing that bothered me was after the AJ Cena match, Cena lays in the ring for a few minutes, takes off the armband, and slowly walks up the aisle. I stand up and clap. Yeah. Nobody else does. I feel like that guy earned. Our applause, John. <laughs> yeah, he, what, what are your thoughts on John Cena? If I said it before, I said it in the beginning when we did the Mount Rushmore talk. When he's he on your one, five. He's on. He's on
2: my five of that ter- transcends the business over to the um, over to that beyond mainstream of what he's done with the Make a Wish. But one of the most underappreciated. Um, it's, it's got the Ryan Howard syndrome to where <laughs> you, really know, good, you know you yeah. know the guy's good. I, I I think it's the Roman fact. The jealousy he's great looking, he's jacked. He he he's supposed to be out six to eight months with injuries, he comes back in three. Yeah. You know, he's funnier than people thought. He can act now. Um the work rate, I don't care about the six moves. I grew up with a, a big boot leg drop. I cheered. I popped. America was awesome. Um, and he made those... And Ric Flair, love him, right? Who does? Rest the same match for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so No, what he has done for the business and how he has helped save it, and whether you thought it was corny or not, no. His matches with Edge, that angle, his stuff with Omega, going back to then... His stuff with Styles it, one of the best TV matches I ever saw was uh, his match with CM Punk mm. after he won the Rumble yeah. and Punk put over Rock to drop the belt to Rock and his they-
0: match with Michael's after oh, after yeah, 23, was, oh, or, that, that, that's that's one of my favorite matches absolutely. of all time. And the, they did the hour Broadway yeah. in England.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and guess what? The match that Chris Jericho has cited that wanted him to come back. Yeah, his work, with, he could wrestle anyone. The stuff he's done with the bigger guys, like the Big Show, I think he's absolutely terrific. His styles work is phenomenal. He has reinvented himself with his moves. Mm-hmm. People have hushed hushed about it. I think he's great. He's one of the five most important figures. And where I officially too really said, you know what, I, I dig, and I was cool with him at this point. But I mentioned it to these guys, uh, you know, um, in the car ride up in night in two thousand seven when we had the Chris Benoit mm-hmm. murders of Nancy Benoit and the son Daniel, and wrestling was getting trashed again. Yeah. Now, wrestling has a lot of reason to do at times. Mm -hmm. And it was tough at the time with that. And then you had Nancy Grace doing the crap she was Mm -hmm. doing. Larry King did a pretty respectable interview with it, and that's where Jericho and Cena were on. Because Larry King was friends, so he did a respectable job with it. And uh, there was two guys that really came across well that defended the business, spoke highly of the business, talked about the great attributes of it and what it meant and how it can be great and the great things it's done. The two best, I thought, were Chris Jericho and John Cena. And I will always always hold them in high regard for that. When that business was getting knocked and kicked around, a business that I've been watching since six years mm-hmm. old, nearly six years old, those two guys, the way they talked and defended it and spoke and were educated and intelligent, I was like, they are guys that represent. These guys are flag bearers. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't remember that, don't know that or ignore that. And I think there's a Roman factor with Cena to where there's a little bit of a jealousy and anger. And guess what, guys? The top baby face being booked... It's been a, it's, there's a, re- I always said the NWA messed up by not having the top babyface. Now, I know Goldberg gets a lot of heat, and yeah. I understand. I was one too, because I think if Goldberg came up through the channels of WWE, mm-hmm. I think he would have got the business better. But he was kind of booked to be a killer. Yeah. He was booked to be a destroyer, so he didn't understand that, wait, I, I have to be vulnerable in an angle? Well, yes, you do. You know, but WWE finally got it to let's try to funnel it through a babyface. Mm-hmm. There were thoughts about Magnum TA, he got the arson. A sting. They didn't do it enough. He's great career, but not mm-hmm. enough. I thought, and they finally had it, but then the streak ended, or whatever. But then they were getting killed in the ratings, and it died down. So it took them that long. WW slash NWA. Vince always saw it with Hogan. Vince, you know, to a warrior to degree, The Venture, The Rock, and Austin, and all the names I mentioned. Notice their baby faces. Mm-hmm. Yes, you need the great villain. You need Darth Vader in this, but the baby face is the one that's going to do the marketing. And at the time with the Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan got over in every company, whether yeah. it was a face or so incredible we would have got over with, and that's the difference. And and, C, and you know and the top baby face has to have the comeback, he will show the vulnerability, and and that's where I think Cena held that he was believable mm-hmm. and he was larger than life at the same time. So yeah. I've always been on the thumbs up to Cena. I
1: respect them. So you were never anti Cena.
2: No, never was. When he did the rap gimmick, I was like, "This is awkward for me," (laughs) you know. But but I was like, "All right, it's getting over." And so I was never. And and plus, you heard about him, Lesnar, Batista, and Orton as the class of OVW. So I want to give this guy a shot. And of course, I like to work out. I saw him. I was like, "Oh my God, the guy's jacked." So I was never anti guy. Um, and even when they were booing the only thing I never liked is STF it, mm-hmm. it looks more like a massage than, a, <laughs> than when some of the some of the guys do it <laughs> oh, yeah you gotta, tuck that, you gotta tuck that in as opposed to that weird cross yeah. thing oh, it's was... always
0: funny when because Styles and Brian both did it because they had the yeah. whole angle where it's just like I'm a wrestler you're an entertainer yeah. Yeah. and they would take the STF from him and yeah. do it correctly mm-hmm. yeah. and the crowd would pop for it yeah. because the whole IWC it's like yeah. see he can't really wrestle type <laughs> type <of thing. laughs> but, but, but yeah. that's the organic angle that seems brings. Yeah. Because Cena gets so much crap, and I feel like I'm answering your question. Yeah. But That was such a good answer that you had, but I mean people give him so much shit, and it's just ridiculous to me, because at this point, the guy has way more than six moves. Oh, absolutely. The guy's breaking out stuff that nobody his size should be able to do. Our buddy Zach, we were watching the Royal Rumble. That mm-hmm. border, that 100% first match of the year contender between Cena and Styles, mm-hmm. where Cena... Ties Ric Flair 16 yeah. world title reigns. When he does that sunset flip spin into a sunset flip powerbomb with no rope assist, nothing like that. Our buddy Zach literally was just like, What the hell was that? that? Yeah. He, was, he was just like, That's ridiculous. How did he do that? <laughs> yeah. He's too big
2: to be doing yeah. something like that. Like, but yeah. he nailed it. I, I saw know. that guy, um, Petey Williams, in the Canadian Destroyer yeah. TNA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was close to that. It's like, Come on, it, it's over. It, it, it's over to. I mean, what he has done and what he he has evolved himself, and all that. And it's like the people are like Roman has to turn heel, Cena has to turn heel. What was his government mandated? <laughs> it's like it's like no, it's it's like, it's a weird dynamic what some of them have. And, and by the way, what's the definition of he can wrestle? Like what what is it? He's got to be technical. He's got to he's got to wrestle.
1: That's what I think it is. I think they have to be able to wrestle. Like you see guys on Ring of Honor wrestle, or guys in New Japan wrestle. I think that's what it means. If you can't wrestle, it means you can't do that. Yeah,
2: I I think you're right, and I, I agree. With the, I I I watch that Okada, uh, Omega or maybe match. you
1: just don't do that. Yeah, not even necessarily that you can't. That's think, not what you do. I
2: think if you don't do that nowadays, it adds a different dynamic, and that's why. And I've actually seen some people, which I find interesting. And I guess the internet with the trolls. I've seen some <laughs> like anti Ray Mysterio stuff. I liked Ray. Anti-Ray. Yeah, mysterious. I'm not kidding. Well, Isn't Nick, our buddy, well, Nick, didn't he like Ray? I've seen some Nick's, stuff like, Nick's an odd cat. Yeah, we don't want to, <laughs> I, I, don't want, I don't want to talk, uh, we're no, not talking bad No, that. I'm not going to talk yeah. bad
0: on Nick. Nick's just an odd cat. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. He has yeah. some beefs with some people that almost nobody else has a beef with. Right, <laughs> You know he loves Sting. Yeah. He's big on that yeah, guy. He Sting too. Which, it, which yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you, I mean, do you think that Sting never really completely got over because he didn't have his big money match with Stang?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hard Buddy Harrison, oh, that would have been the gimmick to truly get him over. Hardbody <laughs> Harrison's in prison, but I will say oh, this: wow. in, 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 Yeah, oh God, shout out Hardbody Harrison, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, 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 prostitution, <laughs> torture, slave ring. I take it back. Yeah, go, go, go check out. it out. Yeah, Hard Buddy Harrison. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, he was he was, Man he was, he was torturing. So if I him. Google our Buddy Harrison," that's what I'll find. You got it. Yeah. yeah, you got it. You type into the Google box. You <laughs> won't find his great
2: matches with Alex Wright from yeah. WWE. <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, because the guy like Ray, Ray was so different at the time when that wasn't as big. Now, like I said, I I think 205 Live, those guys are incredible, but I see the main roster do this all Mm -hmm. the time, like the cruiserweight moves. So they don't stand out as much. Ray Mysterio stood out. Uh, back then yeah. with what he was doing and he was able to work with the bigger guys and mm-hmm. and the cruiser and even the cruiserweights back then like the, the, the Benoit's and the Malinkos and the Chris Jericho's and then the, you know, the, the the Mexican style then you throw in the Japanese style all of them had that unique cruiserweight division and I'm not taking away anything I think Neville's done a great job of altering his heel work but I think when you look at it now I, a lot of it the guys on the main roster Seth Rollins does it yeah. Yeah, Finn Bauer does it you know so it's it's not say, but I see it more often now. Right. Supposedly, it's not a rarity, and it's such a weird, subjective. Well, you got to watch real wrestling. Okay, first of all, you said real wrestling, yeah. And then also too, it's <laughs> like there's no true. Everyone has a different style. It's it's it's. Nolan Ryan had one pitch, mm-hmm. two a, cur- a curveball and a and a, and a and a fastball. He's a hall of fame. Yeah, you know so like you know, even great athletes whatever have limitations and strengths and weaknesses. So sometimes just enjoy it. And I think I think Cena's style works with so many other styles to the guy who's technical, to the guy who's a giant. And this whole thing that he doesn't put people over... Did did you watch wrestling from 2011 to 2013? (laughs) Name a top babyface that's dropping a main event match to the Miz at the time. John Laurinaitis, John Laurinaitis, (laughs) Road Warrior Animal's brother. You know that's letting The Rock to meet him in promos for 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 two years. I mean the stuff he was having done to him. He beat Brock Lesnar in Lesnar's return, and guess what? You wouldn't know it because he you know he took punishment in the match, and they really he almost forgot that he won the match because they really carry over Lesnar. And put him mm-hmm. over I mean the stuff That he's been able to do I mean He gets buried For the Nexus thing But okay And then what are The backlash stories You got Alex Riley And you got Ryback Right now Okay Okay you know, how? life
0: well, could be worse I know yeah. it could be worse oh, you're right I mean there's some reliable sources
3: yeah
0: right <laughs> I do not yeah, bitter at all yeah. people, so I think, don't, people don't question the source when it comes to bashing someone like Cena though like if anybody yeah. came out from the business and bashed Roman Reigns they would immediately take their opinion uh, right yeah. like it could be somebody that literally has right. no credibility and isn't in right. the business anymore and like mm-hmm. All right, maybe just throw somebody out. It's like, oh well, Nunzio
2: said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the FBI. You know you're what uh, Super Crazy was saying about? You're right, there, <laughs> Roman Reigns. Yeah. You're 100. percent And by the way, if we, I'm sure we listen to all these podcasts and we watch the the interviews. All the guys, men and women from the past in the business, talk about the potential that Roman has. They speak highly of him. And the, the closest ones you'll hear the negativity are the the the, the, the what I often call the smark, mm-hmm. you know, dirt sheet people. Yeah. You know, and then it's 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 something about not getting over and that type of thing. there's maybe like I said he doesn't connect with the fans but the work rate and the quality if you can honestly sit there and say that his and by the way who he's put over in the list how many times can he put over a debuting NXT star you know come on (laughs) the the matches with Styles Big Show Bray Wyatt you know the stuff with Lesnar. Who else is going to take that punishment? That him and seen as another one because it takes a certain dynamic to work with Brock. Mm-hmm. And they took the punishment and were able to do that. Where Daniel Bryan at the time wouldn't have been able that neck. Basically, yeah. the fans wanted Daniel Bryan to die yeah. because uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan's neck. You know he he came back very quickly mm-hmm. and was able to do what he did. And his performance in that Rumble, he takes punishment well. His comebacks are good. Um... I think he sells well, but look at look who he's put over Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins every time. You know he's put these he's put the Braun Strowman
1: hasn't beat, but he's kicked his butt how many yeah. different times? He's like, What do you times. want him to do? Like guys, well, this whole doesn't. And then the, even in the Rumble this year, yeah, he comes in at thirty and everybody's mad, but he goes out in like three minutes. Yeah, it's not like he had this yeah. dominant run. Yeah, he did not. He emulated Taker. And by then, the way, and guys,
0: people are pissed as a, oh I can't believe he eliminated Undertaker. So it's like you mean to tell me you really wanted the Undertaker to win right. the Rumble? And yeah. Be in the main event yeah. because then you would bitch that there's a guy who's in his fifties that's right. main eventing WrestleMania right. in the title. Now, which we yeah. still might get. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, <laughs> you're, gonna get, you're gonna get it, Goldberg. Because
3: mm-hmm.
2: I think it's gonna set up. I think it's gonna set up the what was supposed to happen two years ago, where I think you'll eventually get your reigns over Lesnar. You know, and uh, and it's. Um, it's funny too. So it's it's. I don't know what it's gonna be. For, who knows what's gonna be carried. But if if you're still holding strong that he can't work, then you just uh, keep adjusting your opinion mm-hmm. that he can't work. Because work rate is different. It isn't always doing seventy two different high spots. Work rate. Look at the quality of the match. Look at his connection he has with people. I thought the Samoa Joe match with him Monday night was very good. Mm-hmm. Two similar styles going at it like there and. I don't know. It's, it now I think it's now stubbornness. I think him and Cena I think there's a lot of stubbornness. I've enjoyed a lot of Roman's work. I love his stuff with the shield. I think it's been very good. I think he's an easy match. Yeah. I think he's an easy match to to work with other people and uh, he has tools. he has a look. You know, God forbid he steps foot in the gym. I understand from yeah. some of you guys, but not you guys, you know what I mean? I
1: know what you mean. But
2: uh, yeah, and I'm glad to hear that. I remember um, I think I remember hearing you saying before. I think uh, when I was listening to the podcast you did with mm-hmm. Ross, where you guys mentioned the b pro Rome, and I was like, "Good, yeah, good," because I think we want to see guys get better. In this room here, what we have is when we see a guy, I don't like Person A right now, but if Person A starts developing, we're gonna say good. Because yeah. it makes the business better. Mm-hmm. It makes the business better when a uh, we want to. I want to be wrong a lot of times in this yeah. business that I didn't think person A or person B was going to be good, and they are. I'm like, prove me wrong. Fine. Yeah. You know, I just think too. So, so your entire podcast are all okay with Roman, or mm-hmm. that's
1: good. Yeah, because that sounds like you know that. It, I think there was a little bit. There was a little bit of anti Cena at the beginning, which a lot of it stemmed from me from I had a gap where I didn't watch. Okay. And I just had a bad impression of Cena. Just mm-hmm. what I've heard everybody say, the impression I had. Right. And then his run with the U.S. title,
2: mm.
1: I was like... And then he was gone. I think right when we started, it was like right when he was gone. I think he had the injury. And I think I realized that U.S. title run was so good. Yeah. That title mattered. While he wasn't... These guys weren't beating him... He gave Sami Zayn a great debut. Yeah, he gave let Neville have a great match with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that Neville match was extremely underrated. Yeah, yeah like that. that Neville every match is right. crazy. Big. Every one of the, I think Zack Ryder had a great match with yeah. him. Zorro. Um, Zorro. Yeah, Yeah, Look at those matches. Look at mm-hmm. the quality. There were yeah. they, yeah, they, they, they were great matches. They were
2: in, week out. Yeah, they so were Neville borderline the highlight of, of Raw every week. Match with Rollins too. That yeah. was incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, every week he would do a U.S. Open Challenge match that was arguably the highlight of the whole Monday Night Raw.
0: Leading up to Agreed. the uh, um yeah. yeah,
1: and then he was gone, and I was like, huh. Like, I think I realized how great mm-hmm. this guy was and how much he should be appreciated, and I yeah. was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs>
2: well, no, I mean, you see, sometimes, you know, especially now when you're able to... You know, get, you know you're able to focus and get a little older and, or whatever it may be and and to, and to use your judgment and honestly mm-hmm. and say wow I can say it you know you take your take yourself out of the game yeah. and
1: the, the idea that he's already the biggest thing that there is but he was still working to improve what he did Absolutely. I was like I have to respect that evolving yeah. at 39 in the yeah. business and uh, the other thing that's yeah. just completely wild about
0: Cena and people that hate on John Cena at this point is just who are you trying to convince? Right. Are you trying to just convince yourself? Do you just have your group of buddies? You get your jollies off on just mm-hmm. hating on someone who's clearly great
3: yeah. at this yeah. point?
0: It's just ridiculous because when he won that 16th championship, he beats AJ Styles. Russ, you didn't want to see it
1: happen. No, I didn't. As soon yeah. as, uh, hey, that, that was me you, just being a mark, though. Yeah. But no, but that's a big fan that's Styles. Oh, no, yeah. But that's yeah. Totally, yeah, so but that's totally
0: fine. That wasn't you hating on Cena. No. You just wanted Styles to yeah, win. Right. But there's people that were still spitting venom and stuff. It's just like, oh, the shovel strikes again. He's, uh, he wins another match. John Cena didn't. Wasn't not the story hold. that AJ
1: Styles kept beating John yeah.
0: Cena? Cena. Yeah, he had his number. Cena had not held a world title. He was hyped up as all oh, this so-and-so just beat a 15-time world champion. Yeah. Owens beats a 15-time world champion in his first match. Wow, what a big thing for him. JBL going crazy. Mm-hmm. That was his tagline. So he's a 15 time champion. They were building and building and building and building and building until he finally yeah. ties Ric Flair. And we didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't sold that he was going to beat Styles. I thought Styles was going to win that match, so when he won, I was pleasantly surprised because I wanted John to get that honor, because he deserves that honor, and he deserves to break it, quite frankly, because I think that he's done everything that you need to get that kind of honor. Ric
1: Flair wants to see him break it. Yeah, 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 that's another divisive uh, Mm -hmm. topic of conversation. I don't even think it's that divisive. I mean, when the time comes, you're going to have the old school guys who say, you know, Flair...
0: Yeah, but what are you clinging to? No, I, I'm not me personally. Yeah. I'm just saying there are people out there. Well, you're I'm not sure the old me. school guy. Anyway. No, I'm just saying. But they no. are
2: yeah, it'll there. be one of those deals now, like, you know, Brady's won the most Super Bowls at mm-hmm. five, yeah. and all the praise in the world, but we still will never take away what Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw did winning four or whatever the next person won two, three, or one. It's a different different category. That's an,
1: that's an interesting point, and I've said this before on the show, that people love something that happened once upon a time. Yeah. And they love this did. thing that happened. It's why a lot of people hate LeBron James. Dude, because be they saw remember we talked we talked two hours ago about yeah. Macho Man made us afraid as Hulk Hogan fans as yeah. kid that he could actually maybe be better than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. People don't want to believe that somebody could be better than Michael Jordan. But LeBron James is a threat. Like sure. he's taller. He. More muscular, absolutely. He's just as athletic. Uh, he's more of a ball distributor. He mm-hmm. probably, based on his size, can be a better defender than Jordan was. People see that and they're threatened that. Oh no, he could be better than my guy. Yeah. So they hate him. Um, and, yep, like you just said, yeah. some Tom Brady people. They don't want him to, to be better than Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's this feeling of like you don't want. Yeah. You don't want things to be better. You want the thing you had. Right. Once upon a time, to be better than what's next, and my feel, I got like this in my mid twenties, and I realized, I'm going back a little bit. But my grandfather, in 1987, I believe, Mike Schmidt had hit his fifth 500th home run. You're watching it, yeah. My grandfather's favorite player was Ted Williams. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: He was livid. I, I remember being at my grandparents' mm-hmm. house the night that Mike Schmidt hit number 522 to pass Ted Williams on the all-time mm-hmm. list. My grandfather was furious. Yeah, Well. Wow. And because like there's no way Mike Schmidt can be better than Ted Williams. And I got yeah. to a certain point in my the 20s. Argument, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. the Well, be no. Like I, I know why he had an allegiance to Ted Williams. Yeah. But like I realized in my mid-20s, I was doing that to wrestling. Like, these guys can't be better than Mike. Yeah. This mm-hmm. guy can't be better than Brett. This guy can never yeah. be better than Austin. Instead, you should than be, than be for who's the next. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. I got I think to a point. We talked about that mm-hmm. on our podcast. You asked me that question. I didn't even think of it because why draw the unfair
0: comparisons because you automatically Mm -hmm. destined these people to fail Yeah, because you're trying to compare them to this lofty especially personally Mm -hmm. because we're both Michaels guys and I know that you're a Michaels guy too and I know that you respect Michaels too Mm -hmm. if you compare everybody who comes into the ring regardless of body size to Shawn Michaels in the ring they're always going to fall short except a select group of Mm -hmm. people that are going to get in it's like yeah AJ Styles you have
2: your Seth Rollins stuff like that but it's so ridiculous to compare them to that kind of thing. Yeah, and and not to interrupt you. And then when you talk about how eras change in sports and everything, how like in wrestling to where. Well, the you know the high spots are so much different now than they were back in the '80s yeah. and '70s and all the comebacks are totally different. So it's so hard. Like I remember seeing a thing with Shawn Michaels where he said he didn't miss wrestling in the ring. He goes because what's going on in the ring now? That's not what I did. Yeah. And it's it's tough to like when you look at football, like the rule changes now favor mm-hmm. all the offense. Yeah. You know, and then in the, like, in the '80s, the evolution, you know, the late '70s to the '80s, the evolution of offense and football was really starting to carry over. Mm-hmm. When you look back at the quarterbacks of the '50s and '60s, you look
1: at their numbers. You go, these are terrible. Yeah. Every every Quarterback sucked. Yeah, he said, like, but it was that
2: cool. was running the ball. The passing game was starting to evolve. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's like if you're going to compare the move set of like if you're going to watch the the Okada versus Omega match which entertaining was a lot of high spots so it's not my style but I can appreciate the athleticism if that's what you're going to love and that's what you think is then you might have trouble going back mm-hmm. 15 20 years to a match that we loved yeah. because it was a different style mm-hmm. so and it's always inevitable we're going to always compare what becomes before us When we saw it for the first time as a kid, we're always going to have that probably be our best, because it's the first time, it's the newest. But if we can still have that appreciation, if we still think that era is still the best, which I still hold on to, Mm -hmm. but if we still can appreciate what we see today, I think we'll be fine.
1: Well, it's a happier way to live, for one. Absolutely, yeah. And anyone who's lucky enough to live a long, healthy life, why would you want, you know, when I was 20, this is the best things ever were, why would you want that? If you yeah. live to be 90, wouldn't you want things to be better when yeah. you're 90 yeah. than when you were 20? You're because yes. that means that means yeah. you kept getting better and better things. And you, find
0: and you find yourself getting in these senseless, pointless, stressful arguments yes. with people yeah. over dumb shit. Yeah. Like, why are we arguing about this? Does it really matter at the end of the day whether LeBron or Jordan is considered right. the greatest of all time? I've met yeah. people that think Bill Russell's the best of all time. Am I gonna be like, no, yeah. it's Jordan? Am I gonna scream down their throat about it? It's like, no, because I don't care. Why? Do you care that yeah. much? Is because his name's on your sneaker? Yeah. Yeah. That, Does it mean that much to you? this it's, branding. It's yeah. a very
2: good point because did you ever try to compliment Peyton Manning to a Tom Brady person and compliment Tom Brady to a Peyton Manning person? Did you ever try to compliment a Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry mm-hmm. to a LeBron person yeah. and LeBron to Steph and a Jordan to a LeBron? Exactly. You know, it's it's why can't I, I can I appreciate both? I was uh, one guy at the, at the gym, and I was talking about how the influence... Now I'll take LeBron over Kerry mm-hmm. in the overall game. Now we're diving into sports, so far. Yeah. <laughs> but where I have an unbelievable amount of respect... Now, we grew up with the center era, and as we're yeah. seeing it with Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. for the people who are watching the guard-oriented style, guard-oriented style, now you know how when the guys like Ron and I were growing up, I'm 40 or 37, mm-hmm. how the importance of getting that center and what it meant to when the Sixers got Moses Malone, that was the missing piece. Yeah. And Embiid is kind of that throwback to where, oh, my God, see that center. But where Steph Curry will always be one of the most influential players in NBA history, regardless if he quit tomorrow. Outside that line. Yeah, him and the Golden State Warriors change the style of the game right now, even though it's only for a couple years. He will
1: influence this next generation. Yes. Like these kids you're going to yeah, see coming the up, like the, the high school, school classes yes. of 2024.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because kids look at that position because since it has gone away from a center, Driven league, you look at somebody like Steph Curry, and Steph Curry got so popular not just because he's an incredible player, but because he was relatable. Yeah. He looks like an average dude. Mm-hmm. He's just, yeah. he's 6'3, which is small yeah. for the modern NBA. And he's a point guard. Point guard, you can be a tiny guy and get into the NBA. Absolutely. Kids can actually be like, I could be Steph Curry. Not every kid out. can look at Joel Embiid and be like, that's me. Yeah. No. It's just like, no, unless no, you're Manute Bulls' football. son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <bull, laughs> right. it's, it's a weird dynamic yeah. <laughs> to where it's like you
2: can only like one of these. Like, no, but it's boy.
0: not okay. But like nowadays, it's also weird because it's because of the way it's covered and it's also because of just our psyche of talking about this because of the Jordans and LeBrons and Peytons and mm-hmm. Brainy's and stuff nobody's allowed to just be really good anymore. Like, you don't talk about somebody who's really good. They're always just like, ah, whatever. Who's the best of all time? Like, if you're not in mm-hmm. the conversation to be the best that you've ever been at that position, you're almost not even talking You're about trash. Like, yeah. a, like, a guy that I consider really, really good... In football, as a quarterback that will never get the full recognition he deserves, is I really think Philip Rivers is a really good quarterback. He
2: is a quarterback, yeah.
0: He's a really good quarterback, but he won't get any play because people are just yeah. like, oh, well, he just yells a lot and he's not very happen
1: good. Happened with Donovan, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. He, he was, he was penalized for not being Brady or Manning. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And when you go back you know, in that, he was within three points of yeah. beating yeah. and you go Tom Brady. you go back in that era, especially in the early two thousands, he was probably the third best quarterback behind Peyton and Brady. Uh, Peyton, yeah, and uh, so and he's all-time winningest quarterback in Eagles history mm-hmm. career 9 and 7 playoff record mm-hmm. statistically the best quarterback in Eagles history i grew up with Randall and Donovan i'll take Donovan give me the wins randall was a fun and exciting mm-hmm. but donovan understood things more and at one point in his career it ta- i think it tapered off because he had um the two years of minnesota in minnesota uh, and in washington yeah. um, he had the fourth lowest fourth best mm-hmm. interception per pass attempt percentage yeah. in the history of the NFL mm-hmm. only behind Brady uh Aaron Rodgers and uh, Neil O'Donnell at the yeah. time. And then I, I think it, it dipped a little bit, but yeah, I mean, whether McDowell, well, he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he's very good. Yeah. you want to go over the list of people who are very good? You're talking Hall of Fame, but it, hey, it's the best football I watch as an Eagles mm-hmm. fan of my
0: time in no, that, no, in no, that no. run. So,
2: But you're not allowed
0: really, to just be very good. No. And I, guess is, I that, guess is the yeah. point that I'm getting at, because yeah. you're not allowed to get any play. Like if somebody brings up just somebody who's not in the argument for greatest of all time to do something, they're just kind of swept under the rug and yeah. It's like, yeah, they were all right, but let's talk more about Kareem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. let's talk more about these guys.
2: It's like, we talk about these same 10 people every single time we talk, yeah. talk about the sport. Sometimes right? the underrated's good. Give somebody mm-hmm. else some play. That's why in wrestling like, you know, that's there's there's a lot of underrated guys that yeah. uh did there like always oh, Barry Windham Bam Bam Bill the Barbarian yeah. I, go, I love the Barbarian the wrestling that's one of the most yeah. fun things to talk about mm-hmm. is yeah. underrated diamond oh, in the rough absolutely table. I always thought Gennetti was underrated yeah. sorry Eric <laughs> but, 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 but Gennetti had his demons you know but I could see where there's a you know you end up as the Marty Ginetti of the yeah. team it's like yeah I was like you know what though if you go back and watch some of Marty's work you'll see some he did that unfortunately he did that that Vegematic leg yeah. drop guillotine mm-hmm. which was neat he did if you go back to now at this point I wasn't the only one watching it. Uh, <laughs> 95 Survivor Series. I think he does a power bomb on Chris Candido. Skipped the body on off the top rope. I'm almost certain it's off. That's a power bomb off the top rope in 1995, and it was the match designed to put the one-two-three kid over as yeah. a heel. But Janetti did a power bomb off the top rope. It's just Marty had his demons, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's funny if you see a Marty interview now, the way he talks. Mm-hmm. Same. He's been through. He's been through a rough spot. But it's the same. I just, I just wish some people would stop to take it in a little bit more mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Like, people... Like, when we went to the Raw, there's people that are angry at Raw. They are hate Raw. They're like, why did you pay for this ticket, then? Mm-hmm. You know, why did you pay for this? It's so, like
1: that has become part of being a fan, is hating it. Yeah. It's, such it's a weird. Sh-
2: it's such a shame. It's such a shame. But, yeah, it's a good... Like, I... I'm that way with music. I love rock and metal. I'm not as much into the rock and metal nowadays, mm-hmm. but it upsets me because I want that rock and metal to come back. Yeah. So I root for some bands to come in to do it. Look, Seth Rollins and Cesaro and, and um, AJ Styles are three guys I cited as my three favorites now. They'll never lighten my eyes like Hogan and Steamboat, yeah. but that's different because I was a kid. Yeah, the eyes of a child are
1: very different exactly. than the eyes of an adult.
2: So now the eyes of the adult, I said, man... Be the flag bearer. You mm-hmm. guys do it. Or whoever it is, do it. Carry this.
1: Yeah. Carry this. It's, it, yeah, it, do that for the kids now.
2: Yeah, do it for now. Keep this thing going. We mm-hmm. Root for the business to do well. I don't go there to the show to root to see what I want to see. I want to see the, the business evolve and, and get better and improve and, and people become superstars, yeah. as they say. You know that?
1: Uh, last thing I want to ask you, yeah. and this could be a long answer, could be a short answer. What influence has wrestling had on your actual real life, if any? Uh, everything, <laughs> everything. I mean, just as much as
2: sports and the and the rock. I mean, I told you I come up with wrestling angles at work. <laughs> it, it, it does it every day. I'll I'll quote wrestlers' theme songs. I'll I'll, I'll pretend to cut a promo. Uh, it, helped, it It's it's a big influence. The reason why I work out. Um, I'll joke like I said, I'll cut the promo at people that I know at work, mm-hmm. spe- especially with like some of the women who don't know it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I do the list at work. <laughs> they don't know it. Like the, the, she's such a sweet angel, one of the one of the managers, Bonnie, and I jokingly do it to her. And I say I say, Bonnie, did you get that or whatever? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't go. Why do you do it? Jokingly, like, You're on the list. I said, like, I'm putting you on the list. and she'll laugh. she goes, I want to be on your damn list. I said, like, You're on the list again. Stupid <laughs> idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then she has phone and then she she goes, Where's your list? Yeah, she no idea it's Chris Jericho, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> She thinks it's, it's a
0: Gary yeah, original. I know.
2: Yeah. It's my whole thing. I, when I got this darn belt, I, I put it around my waist and walked around my apartment thinking it was a ring entrance. You know, at the gym I go to, there's a second deck with the cardio deck. Mm-hmm. When I look down, as I'm about to go down to the weight area, I'll see some people on there. I'll raise my fist like Wolfpack, or I'll, I'll do I'll do the Austin reverse finger. Yeah. I'll do the Hogan thing. Or, you know, I'll just point. I'll do something that's wrestling. Or I do the Roman cock in yeah. the fist. At work, I do the Samoan Call that Roman does <laughs> the awesome. one of the cashiers loves it. It's had a complete influence. I bring it up on my my music show at Rowan Radio that I do. Um, Everything—it's—it's it's involved in my. I think of, you know, about the business. What if I was a wrestler? How mm-hmm. I think I'd be a better babyface if I was into the business. <laughs> everything. I, I think about it all the time, and I think about what I would do in it if I would change it, and how it transcends in the pop culture. I glow when I see something involved in wrestling. When someone <laughs> talks about it, I want to get into the conversation. Yeah. It's been a part of me forever, and it's had an incredible influence. And I actually kind of have one of those. Pound my chest, and when mm-hmm. it stunk. Yeah and it was horrible and from 93 and the 90s, there were in those years that I stayed with it and watched mm-hmm. it. And I remember talking with some people, and I remember a couple of boys saying, You're still, like go, listen, I go, there are some good wrestlers left. Yeah. There's just corny gimmicks. They're yeah. cartoonists. <laughs> if they take it more seriously, there's so many. I was like, You wouldn't want to watch Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart? I was like, Yeah, but it's not. I was like, It can get there. It can yeah. get back. It's just got to get a different. And I'll tell you, the Hogan turn really got the casuals back in. It sparked WWE to wake the hell up. Mm-hmm. And that's. Uh, that's why I, you know, with Hogan being the greatest influence, to where name another guy who can be a face and a heel, be hated and loved in three major companies, do the same thing over in Japan, generate that money. I know they say Austin was the biggest draw, mm-hmm. and Austin was phenomenal. But look at the avenues you had. You had the, you know, you had the internet. They were selling the merchandise more. Yeah. To get the Hogan merchandise, you had to order it. Mm-hmm. You had to order it through the catalog. You had to call the phone number and all that. So just that influence it had on pop culture, um, for me man just yeah like i said I, I can't tell you how many times i cut a promo mm-hmm. or i'm thinking oh god even I, if something get took off i was like this is where i would turn heel yeah. you know what i'm just <laughs> saying or, and then and jokingly and i would I, I jokingly will say and if you're doing it at work you've ever had that moment where you you're like if I, I can put that off tomorrow and mm-hmm. and you're like no you know you know what babyface Gary's gonna do this right now do the right thing and finish this job you know and just <laughs> say your prayers st- and take your vitamins yeah yeah, yeah all that stay your train say your prayers eat your vitamins so it has an amazing influence to this day at 40 like I said I'm at work still cutting wrestling promos and I'll probably go home tonight and watch Austin's promo again <laughs> to get me you know, ready for tomorrow to get me ready for tomorrow and it's motivating it's uplifting and it's just as important to me as like sports and and rock music and working out, and it's a part of me. And it I, 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 it will take an amazing something to happen for me to get out of that business. And like I said, if I followed it during those eras, yeah. if you're turning on what's the TV... What's going to turn you off now? What's going to turn me off now? <laughs> well, I did a couple fans. I might disagree with them. Mm-hmm. If uh, there's a little more high spots than I would like, nah, it's just different, and I can appreciate what they do now. I just hope that some of the people appreciate what went on before. Always respect what came before you. You know, don't live in the past. Live in the past, you're a failure in the present. Mm-hmm. But respect the past. And Ron, it'll, it'll stay with me forever. And yeah, it's it's incredible influence. Every day. I don't think there's a day that's gone by where I haven't been influenced by wrestling. <laughs> that's also, one, It's ingrained way, into your life. Ingrained, It's part of it, in, embedded. <laughs> and and it, it'll I'll never be embarrassed that I like it. It <laughs> screw you if you think <laughs> it. Come, al- I say come along and ride on this train yeah. with us ride on this train with us and when people rode on the train with us that's why we gotta get the casuals back Mm -hmm. casuals help make this they don't hurt this hardcore the casuals help make this Get them back on. This is a bandwagon I want everyone on. Come join us. It's a fun ride. Then so stop go.
1: discouraging people from wanting to be a part yep. of it. Yeah,
2: stop it. Tell me how it's any different from watching The Walking Dead every Sunday night. You know, tell me that. Very true. Yeah, it's I, and I could tell it's had an incredible part of us. These, Rush is a late bloomer and, mm-hmm. and has so much knowledge of back history. It's, unbe- <laughs> I, I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I think you're a liar how much you know that you crammed all this in a year. And Derek started following it oh, 05. Oh, five, yeah. And then to know what he knows, to go back mm-hmm. to it. To go back to know, oh, yeah, I heard of that angle or whatever. It's because, oh, I like what I see now. How did we get to this point? Yeah. Who, How was the, you know, and to go back and to, to understand what came before. Mm-hmm. And it's a bond when you meet the people and you're going to have this podcast for as long as you can be and you're going to have friends forever on. Mm-hmm. And I've met you now, so it's wonderful. Now we're getting mushy, and but um, no, again,
1: that's what it's about. Yeah,
2: sorry to go long on it, but it's it's embedded <laughs> in me, and it'll always. And you know what's cool, Ron? In my high school yearbook, how many people wrote, "I'll see you in the WWF one day"? yeah that's awesome. You know, and, and and then we had our 20-year high school reunion. And did you ever think about doing it? Which I did. Yeah. But to go on the road, and, and you know, there was stuff in the business that I, you know, with the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. and the drinking alcohol wasn't my total. Yeah, the thing. lifestyle wasn't. Yeah. what I wanted but but you know Daniel O'Brien put it as a, if you can be a weekend warrior there's local promotions now you mm-hmm. can do that I still ponder but um, it's it's something that when people who know me know who I am they smile about it <laughs> yeah. and whether they, they whether they laugh about the business or love it they go dig with that rest and Gary oh man I wonder and then in the, and the even at the reunion, Ron, they said when I when I flip through it or my kid watches, because I think of you, man, and still. And then, and when I put up a wrestling post, and I don't post much on Facebook, mm-hmm. or whatever, how many likes I get, yeah. especially when I put when I met Steamboat, how many likes I got, right. dude, that was your boy, Ron. <laughs> so if if you carry it, and wear it well, it'll go with you forever, and then people will respect it. Yeah, it's so. a part of you. Yep as yep.
1: part of what people associate with yep. you.
2: Yep. How, what other business can you hit your boss with a chair yeah. and not be arrested for
1: assault and come back the next week to work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish there were more career avenues where you could. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish there could be. How many times? I would, you- I'd be in line applying for the job to, right now. After. I
2: know. Oh my God! I'd get so many different resource sources to, to give me a letter of recommendation to give your boss a stunner or, a, or some type of move. Oh God, yeah, how many a kick to the shin doing... followed by a yeah, stunner? Yeah, yeah. How many, dude? It's it's embedded in me, man. Just to just to have one walkout from the mm-hmm. arena and here. and that's why I, a lot of people say they choose to be. I choose to be a babyface because yeah. it's harder to get them over. To have that walkout, that I mean, two of the loudest reactions I've ever heard when Austin and Hogan came out in the arena. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. It just as loud as when i went to the NFC Champions game in 04 in january 05 when the eagles beat the falcons when chad lewis caught the second yep. touchdown how uh, the link erupted
1: i was there with tonsillitis that day See your trooper. it was a bru- it was a brutal day
2: yeah well, it got down to
1: 8 degrees by mm-hmm. by
2: the by the fourth quarter mounds of snow like 20 feet high all over the yeah. parking lot yeah they, they did a tremendous job we bussed up we mm-hmm. i mean we didn't drive we we took a bus up and did a breakfast buffet <laughs> which i ate breakfast beforehand too so i had two breakfasts but uh yeah it's um it's special. And, and, and you know what, too? I helped get some people back into it. Because my buddy got back into it with the paper. And some people said, you helped me get me back into it and all that stuff. And... And uh, I still have people asking me, and I do the the exaggerated Vince McMahon impression. Yeah. So at work, one, a couple of the one of the other guys, well, in the other corner, the other corner, he goes, "I like my wrestlers in shape." When he talked <laughs> to Bret Hart, or when he did the '89 Survivor Series intro, he's like Team Captain, dust the American Dream. <laughs> yes. So it's it's always going to be embedded in me, and, and all that. It, it it will continue, and uh, tomorrow at some point, I'll probably think of some wrestling way when I walk in the. Gym gym probably at some point I'm like where's Austin's music <laughs> or I need to hear Roman's theme yeah. you know or something. it's gonna it's gonna stay in uh, my uh, it's not gonna leave me I don't want it to ever
1: well Gary it was a pleasure to have you like it, I said yeah. long awaited long overdue yes Glad we finally got to do it. I look forward to doing this again. I uh, Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Sorry for talking long, and sorry for
2: bringing up General Awards. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Both yeah. of those things are fine. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, so, But uh, now, Ron, it's a pleasure. I love what you guys do. You have a lot of fun with it, and when you meet people that share the passion that you have as well, it's, like I said, it's a, it's a train and a wagon you want more into. Mm-hmm. And I uh, thank you for having me. I, I feel honored, and uh, hopefully I can meet the other guys someday. I met Eric before briefly, mm-hmm. but uh, you guys keep doing what you do. You guys you guys do a great job, and it shows that you love it, and you want to see this continue to evolve and get better. So yeah. thank you.
1: I appreciate that. I know on behalf of the other guys, I know they appreciate it as well. So that is the show for the Irishman, Derek McCauley, for Russell Diagostino, for the icon, Gary Diutolo. I am Ron Paschery, and we will see you, you next time
0: got him now put him down right now hit him with the palm handle tuning up the band y'all don't understand this is superman it's a summer slam here we go again fans mocking man man i hate my balls Shut the bitch man it ain't shake the land off the cell fans love it ain't hard to tell talking madness awesome well what i'm cooking man y'all off the smell. off